Welcome to Grimdark Live, your weekly webcast for all things Dice Dragons, Demons, and a Dwarf from the Warhammer Worlds. I'm your host, Patrick, and tonight we're going to be talking Cities of Sigmar. we got a great show ahead of us, but before we get into all that, thanks for joining us here tonight on the show, Fang, gang, Fang, gang, whatever, you know what I'm trying to say. And if you like our show, please don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. And uh, do us all a favor, let your friends know about the show, pass it on to other folks that may like this kind of content and, and may be interested in this type of show, and help us grow, man. We really appreciate uh, all of that help. And, and also, in tonight's conversation, we're going to be talking about armies and their respective lists. So if you have a list that you'd like to share, you know, pertaining to the army that we're going to be looking at tonight, go ahead and uh, throw it in the chats or the comment sections down below, and we will definitely get to that ASAP. So, all right, here we go, man. Here we go, you dice-chucking, glue-sniffing gamer goons. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Cities of Sigmar, possibly, and i got to say this right now, possibly one of the oldest armies, old, oldest battle tomes in the game right now, dating all the way back to 2019. And this happens to be one of those armies that, i got to be honest with you, and I'm going to get to this, my, my guest here joining us here in a second, I'm going to introduce him in a second, but i got to say this right now off the cuff, that I'm really proud to say that I was wrong all those years ago, you know, because I, I, I'm going to throw myself at the mercy of the, the, the listeners here for a second, because when the army first was released back in 2019, I, I called the army the misfit of Island, or the, the Island of Misfit Toys, because it was really an amalgamation of every unclaimed unit from, you know, really the end times Warhammer Fantasy Battles, eighth edition Warhammer Fantasy Battles. They had units like Wanderers, Dispossessed, Phoenix Guard. And, and at the time, it appeared to be the final resting place for, for all of those unwanted miniatures that really didn't have a battle tome to call home. Now, here we are. We're, we're, we're looking forward to Dawnbringer Crusade and, you know, one of the most popular armies in the game. And uh, I'm really happy to say that I was completely wrong and I was a complete jagoff for even thinking that way about Cities of Sigmar at one time. So, But tonight, folks, I'm going to tell you right now, we have an awesome guest here to talk about this army uh, and, and really, he's got a very interesting and, and, and really cool perspective with, with the way he built his list. It's, it's on the surface, you're going to notice that the list has a very, uh, what you think is a certain play style. But I think, I think we're going to be very surprised by the way he introduced it. But here it is, man. Our very own Free Guild Guardsman, the Hammer of Hammer Hall himself, Bill Stanford. Bill, what do you hear what you say, bud? Thanks for being with us. Oh, man. Thanks for having me on. But I'm, I'm a hell of a hard guy. <laughs> I do appreciate the hammer of hammer hall. It makes me seem a lot bigger than I am, but I'm uh, short on stature, but big on power. That's what I like to think here. There, you see, see, any very humble guys. There you go, there you go. But Bill, I really appreciate you, uh, you being with us, man. And I, and I meant what I said. I when when I first saw your list, when you first sent it over to me in preparation to kind of talk about the show tonight, I I was really impressed by it because there are certain little there, there are certain pieces to it that we're going to get to here in a little bit that I think a lot of folks don't think about, but when you look at it, you're like those little, little twists and little turns that you make in your list build, I think you're going to make for interesting conversation. And I think you're going to give people some new ideas with, as I said before, one of the oldest battle tomes in the game. I mean, this sucker, this, this sucker dates all the way back to what, 2019. 
I, I think they are the oldest battle tome in the game right now. They are the true children of misfits, and I love it. You <laughs> find diamonds and coal, my friend. There That's you, where it's at. There you go. So here's something I want to bring up to you, Bill. And I want to get your perspective on this early on. You know, Cities of Sigmar. Now, this is your, I, I, let me kind of back up. This is your main army, right? I mean, tell us a little bit yes. about your motivation for playing the army and your overall experience with the army. So I originally was, uh, at a very young age, I just loved Warhammer fantasy, loved the lore of it, loved everything about it. Didn't get to play much. Had a friend who was uh, often some of the, uh, Cities of Sigmar units. He just didn't have time for the army, so I picked it up, and then I just kind of combined it with some of the other stuff I had from when I was a kid, and uh, it's kind of taken off from there. It's taken on a life of its own. Sure, sure. And and you know what I what I always find interesting about the army now is when when you're choosing your leaders, you know, oftentimes you know you want to go for the the same type or same race or whatever. You know, pairings are the key. You know, you look at that a lot of times. You see people build around dwarves or they build around you know humans or elves or whatever. And Cities of Sigmar, I'd have to say, is really best played as a to use a term a mixed race faction. And this is why I think your list. And I'm, I'm not giving away the goods yet, Bill, but this is why I think your list is going to be really cool to see because in a way it's it's simplistic when you see it, but it's it's kind of untraditional. And I think I think if you if you look at a lot of City of Sigmar lists, they're built that way. You've got elves and humans and dwarves, and you went for a little bit more of a. I like how you described it the other day when we were talking about the show. Um, you kind of went for a little bit more of a of a mono mono type of build. I'll just put it that way. And you know, I think a lot of times people people have success with those kind of lists, but you found success really playing one ilk of a list. I guess is that is that a fair way to put it? That's a fair way to put it. A lot of people do mix in, like, you'll see Phoenix Guard, and then there'll be Iron Drakes behind them, or it'll just be a hodgepodge of different units that have a lot of good cohesion to them. I pretty much went straight free guild with humans, just because it just seemed to work the best for me. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm a big fan of Phoenix Guard. Absolutely love to use them. Sure. But, you know, it's just, with the list I got, it's just I had the most utility out of them with Hallowheart, the way that they are, because the humans... They make cheap chaff, but you can get a lot out of them. Crossbows are great. You know, I use the uh, – it, it's funny because even in the list, the way I got it set up, I uh, I have halberds, but the majority of the use for them is I just put warding brand on them, and I toss them at your big units. That way they fling mortals back whenever you kill them. Right. Okay, so so here it is. You you, you got ahead of me. Now I got to bring it up. You told a great yeah. – you, you used a great example the other day when we were talking about the army and kind of like thinking about what we were going to talk about about why you built it as all humans, let's just say. And you kind of use a little bit of the Lord of the Rings reference and all that. Just just kind of regurgitate so, that again, because that was such a cool way man, you put it. One of my favorite scenes in Clash of the Titans. There, that was it. That was they, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when the other hero from the uh, troop leading out says to a Perseus, he says, you tell your father men did this. And then Medusa turns him to stone. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where you can kind of see yourself a lot of the people in the game, they like to play as, you know, the gods, the demons, the the monsters, everything, because they can't do it in real life. I like the idea of being a man against it all, you know, as a mortal against impossible odds. That's what Age of Sigmar is to me. That's what the humans are, you know, the dwarves, the elves. Impossible odds should not be there. Chaos should win. It, it only makes the most sense. They have unlimited everything. Yeah. But here they are, humans, dwarves, and elves existing against all odds i mean with a little help from the storm cast you know here and there honestly. yeah that's what it is you know. well you gotta and, have some you gotta have some help from your friends i guess you know I, I, yeah well it, it, exactly and the i think the Beatles said it best right 
What, that was a Beatles song, Absolutely. right? Am I just, yeah. So, but my whole, my whole, I, I had to pause it. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm like, right, wait yeah, a minute, wait a minute. Um, but my whole point is, I, you know, Cities of Sigmar, to, to kind of piggyback off what you said, Cities of Sigmar, it has one of the largest stable of core units, not including allies and coalition like you talked about, you know, and, and I'd have to say second only to the Stormcast. And that's where I think was so rich about what you can do with that army. And I think that was the attraction for that army. And I'll be honest with you, Bill, just like we, we, we kind of talked about offline. I don't think GW, this is this is my opinion here, gang. This is my opinion. But I don't think GW was prepared for how popular the army was, army turned out to be. I really don't. I really think in the beginning they were like, well, we don't really know what to do with all these all these units. We're going into a new game. Let's put them all in a book and see what happens. I don't like, think like they knew. There's, there's, truth in, there's truth in conspiracy theories, as there is. To me, as a business guy, if I was trying to unload a bunch of my old stuff from fantasy, I would have been like, hey, guys, you know what we got here? We got this army. It's called Cities of Sigmar. And you can use all the old stuff, right? Right. But you can buy it new too. So if you're missing those couple of pieces, buy them now. You know, I, I think that's why they do the white dwarf updates. To be perfectly honest, sure. like oh, you know, Beast of Chaos is out. a great example of that. Yeah. Right. Oh man, for, you, you, if you don't think for a minute they didn't do that to sell all the old lead based stuff from 2009 and before, <laughs> you are. I bought, a, I bought a piece of chaos. Start collecting box, all stamped, 2009. <laughs> you got to love that, it. That stuff's been around forever. Oh, that's great. You got to love it. Yeah, and it, I love it. It's how the... a perfect business model, but I think you're absolutely right. I don't think they were prepared at all for the popularity that there was going to be with Cities of City. It's just because my, my big thing about this game is creativity and redeploy wins games. Yeah. Yeah. If you can do something effectively that other people aren't prepared for or just don't normally see, you won. Right. And if you can redeploy accurately and you can play a bunch of movement shenanigans, that's where you're going to win the game. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to combat, it's a dice roll. You know what? You're you know, ab- when it's shooting, it's a dice roll. You're absolutely so right. You got to tactically move around and you got to, like, I, I usually, like, even with my crossbows, I'm always playing the numbers game in my head. Saying, all right, if I get these spells off, if this stuff goes this way, and then I got to shift, you know, between my different flanks, how I'm going to take the objectives when I'm playing. And you got to be really creative. Like, I, I played a game at uh, with our club against Iden at Deepkin the other day, and that. They get to pick where you shoot or depending on your front unit. I like stuff like that because I like hard armies to use and play. Right. Specifically for me, like that's that's one of the things that attracts me to Zinchin Chaos. It's just it's it's nuts. It's a very hard army to play effectively, and that's what I like about the game. I don't get me wrong, run up and smash and break stuff is fun sometimes too. Sure. But when you gotta put a lot of thought into it, that's that's, that's like a nice gift for your mother. <laughs> you, know, if you put a lot of thought in, she says, Oh, you're so nice. You know, that's what I like to do that. Yeah. Oh, that was really clever. Yeah, and then she opens the box and a dwarf pops out. That's a whole. That's a whole other yeah, kind of oh, situation. Man, yeah. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! I've, I've heard <laughs> board meetings like that. If you got a dwarf for your mother, sir, Hello. my mom would be ecstatic. Oh boy, I gotta tell you, <laughs> Mama Nancy would be ecstatic. Oh, we're gonna if, if we Especially keep that conversation going, we're gonna get cut off. No. Um, yeah, yeah. But but you know with with cities, what I see how I, now all of a sudden I'm the responsible one. You know what, Bill? How the hell did that happen? Um, yeah, I grew up in the bar industry. I'm not. I'm not the guy to be responsible. You got to, you got to have somebody over there listening 20 seconds. I'll drink to that. That's live with that stuff. <laughs> no, you know what? Um, I got to be honest with you. What I love about cities of Sigmar as well as, as, as their, their play style and really the rich way that you can, you can build the army is from a lore perspective. You know, um, I look at their lore and, and, and what I can say, I really love about this army is, is the lore that you really have depth mix of different races. It, it, it justifies itself as really an amalgamation of different races, putting the, aside their differences. Right. And like you were kind of touching on this a minute ago to fight back against chaos and really whatever other dangers might be out there. That's That's going to try to do them in. And I think 
what I, I I hope they explore later on is the as it as, as and we're going to talk about this a little bit more. But as the army kind of grows a little bit with the with the rumors of the Dawnbringers that are going to be coming out, I'd like to see them explore a little bit the animosity between all the races that we still know exists. I mean, it's it's a real wonder that you know uh, you know uh, you know uh, say like a, a flesh eating demon can you know can 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 help people set aside their grudges, but you know a, a dwarf and an elf are still going to hate each other. You know, I find that just I, so fascinating. I mean, it, it mirrors it mirrors real life. You know, hey, you got Fury of the Deep. You There's the, uh, yeah, Fire Slayers fighting the Eidneth, but all of a sudden here comes chaos. You know, they look to each other, they shake hands, they go, "Listen, we're gonna mess that guy up first, then we'll get back at it." And and, and I love that. And and here it is now. You know, in the storyline, they're branching out and they're colonizing all these other realms, and you know, they're they're doing so under the banner of Sigmar, and, and not all of them are happy about that. And I think that little lore piece of a lore piece is really what I find fascinating about the army, and and really. You know, I think I think that's also going to boil into the the bigger plot line of chaos and how that's going to provoke their enemies uh, to kind of to kind of you know maybe throw a little zeech in there or maybe a little you know uh, slanesh in there and and all of a sudden it could really grow into something that uh, that I think is going to be is, I think you're going to see what the empire was back in the day with Warhammer fantasy battles and the under empire and introducing Skaven. And, you know, you had, you know, Festus running around in the sewers. That's, that's all I'm saying. GW, is it too much to ask for some Reichsguard? Please come on, <laughs> come on. Just, just some, just some nice Reichsguard knights just charging in. Come on. We, maybe we, a triple Shay, maybe we, a little real Bretonian back. Come on. We, we, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Right. We're, that, we're, we're going to get to that part. We talk about what we want to get to and what we hope for when we start looking at the Dawnbringers. But, you know, that's another thing, too. I mean, here's a testament to what Cities of Sigmar could have been versus what it is now. And now, all of a sudden, we're looking to the future. I mean, honestly, and this is what I find amazing. I was the jerk, like I said in the beginning of the By show. Looking that, to the future, we're, we're looking back. Because as they bring back the classics, you know, people are gobbling it up. And, and I love it. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. They say history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. If this is what people like, you got to carry the same tune. And I, I, know, so. I totally I totally agree with that. I totally, totally agree with that. And, you know, and I think you represent the Army well because of your passion. You know, and I've always said, you look at certain people, and and you've probably heard us talk about this on the show before, and I know we've talked about it at games on and off, and in this hobby, there always has been, and I think there always will be, a certain cult following to certain armies. Like, you're going to have those Nurgle people, right? Nurgle people are Nurgle people no matter what. You're going to have Orcs and Goblins players, Orc Warclans players. They're going to be the Greenskins through and through. But then every once in a while, you find these people like yourself that are passionate about something. And you you have other armies that you're interested in, but you know you're always going to go home to Cities of Sigmar. You, you're really, a, a, a for, for, for the hillbilly that you say you are, you're really a Cities guy. That, that's, re- that's really what you are. That is a fact of the matter. Like I said, <laughs> as the hillbilly, I like to play. I, that's why I'm finishing up that piece of working on the Gorgon right before you call. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. it's fun to run and smash stuff. Sometimes it's fun to go mud with an ATV. But, but the city guys, hey, sometimes it's fun to put on a suit and do a million dollar deal. You know, it's you, just you, what it is. You got to do that, man. You got to do that. But but speaking of getting stuff done, you brought up your Gorgon. So now we're going we're gonna to go to that next piece here, man. We're coming back to the City of Sigmar here, folks. Don't worry about it. We, we, we want to we cover this one here first. Proverbial question here, Bill. You ready? Are you staying oh, yeah. true? Or are you sniffing glue, man? What do you got going on in your hobby life or your events? What's happening? Man, you know what? It's it's funny. I thought I'd be more passionate about building. I really do enjoy painting. Building the armies, I mean, it's fun. It's relaxing to do sometimes, but I have gotten so big into building terrain. I mean, it is just amazing what you can do with 3D printing anymore. Look at I mean, come that. On, look at, look that how nice that is. awesome. That come is on. freaking awesome. I got a awesome. whole table full. I turn this thing on in the middle of the night. I hope it doesn't start a fire and, you know, things go great. 
You know what, I, dude? I, I, I honestly, man, the, the the terrain that you 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 you're able to pump out and get those buildings, and well, you know you know what's funny is they're they're and you but then get folks and not I know to that commandeer your show for a minute, but this is Bill it. of Poorhammer. This is your number one friend, right? Oh, terrible lighting down here. All purpose mud wall. You can make anything <laughs> out of it. Check me out on Poor Hammer. That doesn't exist. I, I, you know what? <laughs> I get some pasta noodles. Th- this, th- th- this is this is turning into a late night infomercial that somewhere is going to you know have a have a dwarf in it again. It's going to get really weird oh, here, yeah. folks. But, uh, we're, we're coming from. We're really coming around fast. You're going to put the dwarf <laughs> in the box again. When, and somewhere there's a mud wall. That poor little. I'm more bastard. of a Hugh Hefner birthday cake kind of guy, but hey, you know what I mean. It's oh my, each is all. It looks like two zeppelins in a drag race coming at me. Happy birth! I right, see. This is what this is what's happening, folks. We're getting we're getting completely <laughs> thrown off the cliff here. But all right, so back to Cities of Sigmar here, real quick. So let's let's talk about this because we're. I mean, not see see you got me. We're not. We're, I'm gonna. We're not going to City Sigmar. We're gonna go to my sniffing glue or or uh, stand true. And you know what? I was doing fine, Bill. I was doing fine with it. I was building a secret army that I'm not telling any of you bastards about. And then all of a sudden, Nighthaunt came out. And Listen, I'm com- we all know you're just building a ton of snotling pump wagons, hoping they bring them back. You know what? And- that's close. That's close. You know, nothing nothing will ever replace <laughs> the glory of Nobblers. And I see that our friend here, Shane Galvin, is back with us. You know, he's uh, he's another Nobbler aficionado, a very brilliant man. And he understands that, that Nobblers really are the basis of the entire army. And I think you're going to find, Bill, that you're... Your entire city's a Sigmar army is actually a bunch of nobblers in disguise. I don't know if you ever thought about that, but that's... I, I think everything, dude. Night Hunt is just cloaks over the nobblers. Ogre Maw tribes, nobblers in a trench coat. You know, honestly, it's, it's all nobblers. That's We're the just kind. Being perfectly honest, folks. See, see, Bill here. That's the kind of culture that we need in this hobby. This kind of culture and etiquette. Now, this man really knows what he's talking about. All right, back, back, back to reality. Here we go. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's what I'm working on. And now. <laughs> And now I'm kind of sitting around going, I don't know what I want to keep doing because I got Night Haunt out. And, you know, for me, Night Haunt was... It was uh, Night, Night Haunt was my second. Other. So my 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 love for this game goes is Cities of Sigmar, Night Haunt, Beast of Chaos. Okay. And the okay. Night Haunt models okay. are just so... Like, when, when I got convinced to, uh, you know, when they when they tugged and they pulled to get me into Age of Sigmar. In. Yeah, I know. It's dirty, like, like a corner, <laughs> like a corner dealer. <laughs> Hey, you want to try something? <laughs> they, uh, I bought the Soul Wars box, and uh, I built all the Stormcast, and I've just been collecting the Night Haunt because I, you know, I'm, I'm very time is very limited, so oh, I sure. try to dedicate so much time to painting my uh, Cities of Sigmar. I mean, I've got it fully painted now, and I did pretty good for being blind, but um, the I'm really excited to make my uh, build my Night Haunt army. I just bought a airbrush. I've got all those Turbo Shift paints. I got a friend I have to consult in our club about how to use them properly because the way I want to do it is where the weapons are all look like real weapons, but everything else kind of shimmers. And that's what's okay. cool about Turbo Shift paints. If you apply them correctly, then as you move around, the color changes. Okay. I've seen that so before. Yeah, you, that's right. I, a, lot of, right. a lot of old It'll Sylvaneth, look cool Sylvaneth in my mind right. with Night Haunt. You know what? So, and, and for me, Night Haunt has got a special place because I grew up on all those old Irish you know, ghost stories. And, you know, for me, it's oh, like it's, it's, it's like they pulled that the, the whole book right out of like old Celtic lore. And and so for me, I wanted oh, to. They got, I, they, got, they got banshees in it. Of course they did. Well, of course they did. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. So so for me, I'm really between a rock and GW's a hard place. not exactly known for originality. No. Love everything they did. Love the game. Yeah. But hey, like I said, history rhymes. They, they took something that they knew people were going to love. They made it their own. Props there. They're, yeah. they're cool models. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like the update in the new book where they. You 
in uh, what is it the Miramar Banshees I believe they're called. oh yeah yeah you can uh, basically what is it bubble them and they can eat any sp- any number of spells you know how terrible that is for Zinch it's yeah. not even an ability it's all oh, they're here they're twelve they roll higher than the casting cost oh yeah they ate the spell trust what? me trust that's me great. I mean it screws me in Hellhard because that's the big thing of my my army that's true out that's true ton of mortals. Yeah. With yeah. my little bubble. And, of, and uh, now you're going to have to, but I, I really think, and this is for another show, but by the way, when they come, we got to have you back on when, when, when we get ready to really start talking about them again. But what I can say right now is I personally think that army is a five and O army. I really do. But that's a whole nother show. That's a, that's a, uh, that's a whole nother new book. Oh, oh they're yeah. Gonna, they're going to go right up to the top. Yeah. I, I really, but like but, I said, what's cool about it is it offers a lot of creativity. Yeah. So, yeah, like cities, very creative army. You can do a lot. You want to be a shooting army, cool. You want to be a run up and smash and blow stuff up, hammer hall army, awesome. Yep. You want to play some funny maneuvering a, stuff. T- Tempest Eye, awesome. you know? Yeah, Tem- living Tempest living city, great. sure. Yeah, oh, you can use KO frigates. Come on, that's not fair. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's a lot of fun. But oh, and you and you can use the Stormcast Ordinator as part of the one and four coalition. Oh come on now, that's not oh, fair. At all. See, and this is why I, this is going to be a great conversation. But we got one more thing we got to go through, Bill. I got I got to pump the brakes. See, here's folks. All of a sudden, he comes on the show, and I'm the responsible one. I mean, you know, next thing you know, it's going to be it's going to be cats and dogs living together. It's going to get weird. All right, oh, so I'm the guest. In, I'm the guest in your house right now. You know, <laughs> peeing in your pool, looking for the bathrobe. That's what's going on here. The toilet's broken and the cat's knocked Where's up. Where's the fridge? What bro? the <laughs> hell? Well, that mattress for me. <laughs> hey, are these your neighbors? All right, so so here we got we got some stuff in the news that we're going to be getting to. But have you seen the new rumor engine? I'm not sure exactly what we're looking at here, but this is either a typewriter, or a scale, a, a, you know, the, the, you know, the, the. I'm not sure what it is. It got books behind it, and now it's a book gun. I'm not uh, even sure what we're looking fun, at. All the fun heraldry stuff, right? Yeah, I'm not sure what what exactly we're looking at here with this picture, but uh, that's the new cities of. Uh, uh, the, see, you got me thinking. That's new rumor engine. I'm thinking it's going to be something for the new Dawnbringer Cities of Sigmar, personally. Up my other side here. But uh, it, it's got books. It's it's, it's some kind of like a like a typewriter or something. I don't know what it is. But I, at first, when I first saw the little hammer there, I thought it was a gun. I wasn't sure. Uh, folks, what do you think? What are we looking at here with well, those this? Those are definitely uh, books in the background. It looks like a typewriter of some type with keys there. But you know what? It you know what it might be though, because they like if you if you believe the stuff where forty k, it's got there's a lot of crossover stuff. So like it, for instance, you could use Zangors and a Zinch army in forty k. You got the Sisters of Battle in 40K. They used to have the, what was it, the Nuns of Battle, something like that for Warhammer Fantasy. There's going to be a lot of mix and match stuff. So chances are they're probably going to bring back the War Shrine. I mean, oh, it yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. If you're going to go with Dawnbringer stuff, you're going to have the War Shrine. You have the priests. You're going to have a bunch of witch hunters. I mean, you have the Galia Von Dents, the Doralia Von Dents, or how you pronounce their names. Right. Equalizes niche. But um, <laughs> they, you're going to see, in my opinion, you're going to see a lot of that stuff move forward. And what I want to see, which would be pretty cool, is in the lore, they have the idea of those big floating cities or big chunks. Oh, yeah, right. So it's like, all right, we're just going right. to move everything we need on a giant floating island. That's cool. That might be something for that, you know. You know what? And, and, and here's a good one. Here's Uranus Adventure in the chats. Who is measuring weighing the paymaster? Man, it could be something for ogres, right? It could be something like that. It could be it could be another thing for the mercenaries, for the new ogre maw tribes or something like that. I assume that's what he's talking about. That's the only paymaster also I know. Also true. Of. You know, I, I it, who who knows? But yeah, you know, this one kind of this one, true. this one, the last couple of uh, rumor engines have been kind of obvious. This one to me, you know, is, is a little bit of questionable. It's, it's either going to be something to do with the new Dawnbringers, Cities of Sigmar, or it's it's probably like like Uranus Adventure said. All of a sudden, I feel like we're going to get back to dwarves, and it's going to get really weird again. Um, but as he said, it's probably something to do with a paymaster or ogres. But but uh, yeah, 
I guess we're going to have to find out, right? Time will tell. So let's go on to the next piece of the news here, which is kind of interesting. I don't know if you've heard about this, but have you heard about the uh, the AOS Worlds? Uh, this is uh, this is a new thing that just just wrapped up. I mean, England is now the new world champion. They just won uh, the, the entire uh, Age of Sigmar Worlds tournament. So congratulations to England. I think out of 18 countries represented in the world's tournament, the USA came in eighth out of 18. So that's, I don't know, 44 some percent in the top 44 percentile or something like that. I think it was... Uh, uh, in second place after England, it was France, Sweden, Denmark, Poland, Italy, and Wales were ahead of America with the Netherlands coming in behind the United States in ninth place. It's, it's their game. I yeah. hope they would win. I mean, we stomp them in the Olympics usually, so they got to beat us somewhere. It that, might as well be Age of Sigmar. That, that would be the equivalent if we went over there with American football and India killed us. That, <laughs> you, that, no. No. It only makes sense that the U.K. would win. Anything yeah. else, I, I think it was rigged. Yeah, you know what? You're absolutely, and I, I like your attitude about that because when I first looked at this, I kind of went, "Yeah, I thought we would have done better." But you know, eighth isn't yeah, still you know all what? that bad. I, I have eighth. no Amerocentric viewpoint for that stuff. This is an English game. That it, it, what's goofy is I forget the area of England where all this stuff comes out. I got, I got Nottingham, I got a Scottish buddy who used to hang out. In, yeah, Nottingham. Right. Used to live close to Nottingham. Yeah. He used to go hang out in all the shops, and he was explaining to me how literally all of these games, all these fun tabletop games that we know all over the world pretty much evolved right in that one little town. Sure. Because all the big creators are from Nottingham, which is pretty cool. Right. You know, that it spread out. Just that that love of this and this lore and everything just grew up out of that little area right there. Well, I thought it was interesting because really, you know, and I got to tip my hat to, to all the all the players and that, that went over there and did such a fantastic job. I mean, look, there, there's a reason why they're playing on Team USA and all those other awesome countries have their team members. And, and I'm over here doing a, a, a goofy uh, little little show. But I'll be honest with you, you know, I, I'm sure that there was a lot of preparation that went into it. And, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't mean to say anything different, like negatively that I was saying that eighth place is bad. I mean, you're in, you're in the, you're in the top 10. That's pretty good for really what I think. And I believe is a, uh, a fledgling team. You know, I, I think that we just kind of, I think the United States kind of put this team together and, and I think this is the first of its kind. So I'm excited to see where it goes from here. But, but yeah, so that's, I mean, England, uh, congratulations to you, man. But, but as Bill said, it's your damn game. You should have won. In other words, Bill, you're acting, you're saying like them, act like, sure, you've, been there, act like you've been there before. <laughs> so yeah, but very cool. But speaking of tournaments, we got our last bit of the news you know, here. Maybe a long time ago. Long time. <laughs> I got to make that broadsword go hanging over the uh, Stanford Church in Stanford, England, as William Stanford before they kicked me out for having a dangerous weapon because I'm an American. There, there you, you know what? Someday we got to hear that story too. But first, Armed Forces Day 22, we got this one coming out. Oh, I snuck onto an army base and they kicked me out of the country. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, um, we have right now, we got we got Armed Forces Day 5 that's coming up, and uh, this is going to be July 30th and 31st. And really, since the tournaments start back in 2018, now, Bill, I don't know if you knew this, the tournament has best overall, or known as our super soldier, have hoisted our famous, what I like to call the Stan Lee Cup. And it's a movie prop from the Captain America movie. It's a Captain America shield. It's a movie prop. Uh, and for over four years, we've been hosting uh and uh, this event and and hoisting the captain america shield in support of our active duty troops and i'm very proud of what the tournament has become and what it's it's slowly becoming uh as we grow and we're coming into our fifth year and as an interesting side note at armed forces day three john anderson who is actually a, a team usa player was able to hoist the shield and last year at afd4 we had our first ever 40k champion in brad chester who also hoisted the stan lee cup 
And uh, so, so we're, we're really excited to see what's going to be happening here next, uh, next or this coming July uh, for, for the tournament. And I'm really, uh, I'm really excited because, you know, it, it's, a, it's only a 40-person tournament on the AOS side. And it's a 40-person tournament on the 40K side. But the competition is, is really something. I, I mean, I was very – I mean, look at, look at it like that, though, even. You're talking about eight – what is it? So that's four – yeah, four, what, 80 players in total between the two? Right. What is it, LVO in Las Vegas had 178 players, something right. like that? right. So that's that's a huge tournament yeah. for a homegrown deal, and that's that's where you got no no pun intended, Pat. But you guys ought to pat yourselves on the back for putting it together. One, it's for a great cause, and two, it's just it's awesome that you were able to assemble this many people in for something that, is, that everybody's this passionate about. We're, Absolutely, we're, thank you again for putting. Well, it together. you know what, man, and, and, and we we do it for the community, we do it for our troops because I I can tell you right now, there, there's you know the, those USO care packages are mean everything in the world. You know the. The, the, the minty toothpicks, the deodorant, the chewing gum. I mean, that, that's like bartering rights. And I, I love that White Dwarf article where it shows the two uh, tank drivers out. And I think it was uh, during the Gulf War. They got a big cardboard box. They're drinking Pepsi. They're like, we don't even know where we got the Pepsi. And they got these little like squares cut off for Eldar and then other stuff for 40K. Yep. Yep. You no, know, it's just it goes to show people it's a, it's a game of bases. As long as you got the bases, you can play. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And you know, but but this tournament really is 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 a is a great way for the community to come together in in a in a in a basically hundred percent tournament or hundred percent charity tournament. And and so yeah, so Armed Forces Day twenty twenty two, Armed Forces Day five, as we like to call it, is going to be a two day Age of Sigmar event, a forty k event, where each player is going to bring two thousand points of their army comprised of the most recent General's Handbook, Core Rulebook, and AOS or forty k rule set. The event. Is going to be a one v one five five game two day tournament to support our active duty troops, and that's going to be July thirtieth and thirty first. So I wonder who's going to be the next one to uh, hoist the Stan Lee Cup. You see the tie in there, Bill? Stan Lee, Captain America, Marvel. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm going for the wooden spoon, bro. You know what? Listen, I'm going for the wooden spoon. I, I got to be honest with you. Everyone's going for. You know, it's funny. I've had more people contact me, and this happened last year too, by the way. So it's not a new thing. It's a weird thing. We can talk about the Super Soldier, and we can show the shield and all that kind of stuff. You want to know something? Truthfully. People are more interested in the wooden spork, the orc head, or the bolter. It's amazing. I'll give you a funny bit of family history. So my dad started his own amusement company in 1978 with a pool table and a cigarette machine when you could still have cigarette machines in the bars. There you go. And he grew it into this ginormous company. And we had different company logos. We had cross cue sticks. We had jukeboxes. <laughs> but his original logo was a pig with its arms crossed and its tongue hanging out. And I'll send you a picture of it one day. But he was a roofer, and then he did this business on the side, and he grew into his full time deal, and uh, the American, the American dream, right there. Yeah, he's, right. Here's a guy who's, you know, from a poor family, was a roofer, built an enormous company. You know, and I had, I had a great life as a kid. I'm not, you know, God, God bless my parents. They taught me hard work. But um, he tried every other thing, but people kept coming back to the pig. And the point of the pig was they always called roofers pigs because they were covered in tar, they were sweaty, they were up in the nasty attics and stuff like that. Sure, all day. sure. So he tried everything, and everybody wanted the T-shirts, the sweatshirts that had the pig on them. It, it, <laughs> what, what does that have to do with a pool table company? Nothing. They wanted the pig, which is what's hilarious. It's same thing here. You guys want the Stanley Shield, dude? I want the spoon. <laughs> yeah, they're all. And it's funny. They're all like, "We're going for the sporks." We actually had to create a rule set for people that don't cheat their way to the sport. Can you believe this bill? We actually had to do that. We had to create a rule set. So if you're purposely throwing your games, yeah, you can take all your losses, but you can't, you can't win the sport. If I'm having that kind of a day, it's, it's only me and Steve. We're the only <laughs> ones who are the challenge for the sport. Listen, I can throw more snake eyes. He can fail more ward saves. It'll be a race to the bottom. I'm hoping that's not the case, but if I'm having that kind of a day, Oh, it's on. 
I, folks, then, then you heard it here first. The, the real fight for Armed Forces Day Five is the wooden spork. So we'll 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 see who the uh, who the who the greatest loser is going to be. But uh, but with that, we got some cities of Sigmar coming up. Bill, you ready? Absolutely. All right, guys, we're going to be right back, and we're going to talk about cities of Sigmar. Hang tough. Hey, gang. I want to thank you for being with us today on Grimdark Live. Thanks for being with us on tonight's show. But before we get into our main topic here on the show, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker and become a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in, and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, check out our podcast or blog sections, attend an upcoming event, or... Should you know that GrimdarkLive.com has some great products in our shop, t-shirts, hoodies, caps, dice, and a ton more, so get your swag on with Grimdark Live merch. Also, from GrimdarkLive.com, you can find us on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, and other social media platforms. We're constantly updating the website, so check it out for new stuff on the site. But with all that said, we just want to thank you for being part of this show and being here with us tonight, here on Grimdark Live. Now, let's get to the main topic of the show. Here we are, Cities of Sigmar. We're getting into this one right now. So, uh, folks, I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. I know I kind of started the show off uh, with that with that kind of statement, but I really believe that uh, that you're really going to like what you're about to hear tonight. So, with this topic tonight, to kind of refresh a little bit, because we had quite a roller coaster opening. <laughs> My guests and I are going to talk about Cities of Sigmar, their, their present play in the meta, uh, and we have a list that we're going to be reviewing, and... I, th- I think we're even going to talk on the potential future of this army. So, so let's get right into it, Bill. Let's get rolling with this topic. So here it is, Bill. We're almost 11 months into Age of Sigmar's third edition. How do you like it? And how do you feel about the current meta? Is this, is this game in a healthy place competitively? You know what? The, uh, the funnest thing about Age of Sigmar is it's, like I said, you can, there's a lot of creativity going around. Redeploy wins games, but that all aside. Every army seems to have just a kind of like me. I have a real tough time playing Nurgle because of those ward saves. The big oh, yeah. thing about my army is I got to be able to fling a bunch of mortals out, turn one, turn two, as long as they're within range. And then I got to be able to hold the points because I got weak humans as chaff. Sure. That's all they are is their bodies on point. But uh, everything kind of goes round. Unlike 40K, you know, I was looking at the different meta ratings there. It's like, oh, if you play Custodes, you won. You know what I sure. mean? Oh, if you sure. play this army, you won. But with Age of Sigmar, at least, it seems like as long as you're creative, you can still rank really well. Right. You may not do the best because if you've got an experienced player with a slightly better army, they're going to do slightly better. But even so, you can still give people a real run for their money. Yeah, and I think I think every army is really, uh, to use a term, competitively viable uh, when, when built and, and, and piloted properly. That's another term I've, I've picked up lately. Not You don't play the army, you pilot the army. I don't know where I got that from. But I, I think if you pilot the army properly, uh, I think there's really no no single faction I would like to say that you really so, feels overwhelmed. You sold yourself out on the army you're going with. Piloted, you're going KO, bro. I can hear it. You know I what? I can hear it now. I, I got to be. You know, I, we you gave yourself away. No, gave no, yourself that, away, that's, Pat. that's not the one. That's not, I will. Say, but I will say this. I, I'd, I'd like a little throwback in Grimdark Live. We we're the ones that first broke that dwarves were getting boats. And nobody believed us. So ha, there you go. That's just one of the many. But uh, dwarves and boats. Blasphemy. But I, I think the core mechanics of, of the game Unless right from now. Caracazul, you know, throw a little fancy <laughs> I think I think the core mechanics of, of Age of Sigmar as it stands right now. 
uh, such as things like you know uh, redeploy, you know battle tactics and and, and universal bat- battalions and the abilities. I think they've really added a layer of depth to the game that's really ex- exciting, and that's where I think I think that's where I think we're going to see a lot of uh, positive things are going to happen as 3.0 develops. But let's let's get right with the Cities of Sigmar uh, as a as a really great success story. See, folks, there's a nobbler in his house. We all heard. Yeah, it. there is. I got I got a small two foot one that uh, runs around like a ninja. There you go. But uh, yeah, he's not allowed in the dungeon because it's dangerous down here. That is funny. So he snuck down the stairs, nobbled it up. Those little buggers. Those buggers are are. But see, yeah. let, let's go back to cities of Sigmar. Snot, snotlings Dan is probably Nobbers. a better term. They're but definitely snotlings. Snotlings. There you go. But I think cities of Sigmar is a great success story. I think the Age of Sigmar Championship event um, that just occurred. Uh, I think is a good testament to how the game is played in 3.0, right? I very, very balanced. I think, I think we're in the Renaissance of what age of Sigmar really should be, but I want to talk about cities of Sigmar right now and really state something that I think is cool. The, ch- the, 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 championships at LVO that just happened, you know, just a few months ago, cities of Sigmar won that tournament. I, I think, I think I'd like to stop and kind of pause and kind of reflect on that for a second, because cities of Sigmar won LVO, like, whatever the heck it was, three, four months ago. Now, granted, the LVO list had, uh, you know, Dracothian Guard, Fulminators in it, and, and, here, they, and they had Stormdrake the Guard. It's a, li- it's a living cities list, and they used the best part of the Stormcast because they could coalition them in, and then they get, the, they get all the living cities' abilities. Right. So not only can you redeploy after you shoot into normal, I think it's called Strike and Melt Away. Yeah. So your dragons can literally shoot back up just enough out of range and then, depending on how the dice rolls are going, then you could start start strike right in. Same thing with Fulminators. they got a missile attack. I, I Plus, in LVO, or I mean, in Living Cities, everything heals one point a turn. Right. So, you can literally, like, for instance, if you, and obviously, they didn't do it in that list. But because of the abilities, and that's what that that's why Cities has lasted longer than any of them without a new book and still been very competitive. Because of the, every time they, every time, like, as a good example, when they had the uh, in Broken Realms tech list. And they make Settlers Gate. Right. And you could coalition and Lumina. Those are the best War Scrolls out at that time. Guess what? You can coalition them into Settlers Gate. One in every four could be Lumina. One in every four can be Stormcast. That's true. Two regular cities, true. one Stormcast, one Lumina. That's yeah. a great list. If you got great War Scrolls, that's a great way to go. Oh, no, no. And look, at the you end of the day. You don't need to rely on the abilities as much as you can. At just the end of the day, it, it's still a Cities of Sigmar list at the end of the day. And, and you know, LVO is, is, is one of the larger tournaments in the country. And so they won it. An old book won it. And that's really a testament to Cities of Sigmar staying power in the meadow right now. You know, their book that's been around since 2019, I would, I, would, I would say that I'm pretty positive that they're the oldest battle tome right now in existence. So, and they're still a viable, playable army. And, and so let, let's shore it up here, Bill. I, I think 3.0 did very well for Cities for the most part. Um, how have you found the gameplay now in 3.0 Age of Sigmar? For me, it's just been an absolute ball. So I really like the fact that the abilities don't stack like crazy because you have to be a lot more creative with how you do all your movement, how you do all your attacks. Right. And it kind of, and again, it's 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 levels the game right out because now you got to think about how you move, how you take objectives based on what the battle plan is. You can't just run up and smash stuff. I mean, you can with some armies. Right. Don't get me wrong. Right. Ogres. But uh, <laughs> so love them. You uh, right. Made me lose my train of thought thinking about ogres. Terrible. Yeah, pot, pot meat kettle. But, You've been um, doing it to me since the show started. It, it has been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's in the pot? But uh, I don't know. Pull out some spine marrow. 
another hillbilly <laughs> trick. Always use fine marrow. A dwarf. But um, yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's just been a lot of fun. Yeah, and, I hope and, there's not a live dwarf out of the pot. No, no. And I, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I think as far as 3.0 and what it's done for cities, I mean, you know, let's let's boil all the water out of the pot now that we're talking about that. I, I think they did lose, as far as cities of Sigmar, I think they did lose their ability to uh, treat endless spells as, as being cast in the realm that they, they came from, which was on, was an unfortunate setback, I would think, for the army uh, from from some spells. Sorry, like, break it up a little bit there. I missed the last little bit there. Well, what I was saying was, uh, I, I think they, I think City of Sigmar lost their ability to treat endless spells as being cast in the realms that they came from, which at the time was a little bit of an unfortunate setback from from some spells like Umber Spell Portal, but they did change to a, a plus one to casting their endless but, spells. But uh, under cities, because you have empowered endless spells, and same thing, if you got a Huracan next, so right. with the plus two to cast, right. despite whichever city you're in, that's a huge advantage. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And I think similarly, if you, if you, if you look at what, what they're doing with the, uh, the realms and your mandatory realm rule, uh, it's still technically in play, you know, to to kind of go back to those endless spells. But I, you know, I, I think for, I think if you really look at it, um, I think cities are in a good spot because they got to keep a lot of the older mechanics as the game evolved. And I think those older yeah, mechanics. It was sad to lose some of the, the lore, the free guild stuff, like where you had these special battalions just for cities. And when they nuked all that stuff and they went to general battalions. Right. I mean, obviously some of it's starting to come back for some armies, but that's what was really cool when I read through the book about cities of Sigmar. Like I said, unfortunately I jumped in at 3.0 and never got to use them. Sure. But uh, I think it'll, you'll start seeing some of it come back, kind of like where they have the uh, the grand strategy with Beachhead for the update. Oh, yeah, as that's long right. As you yeah, are yeah. garrisoning more terrain, you win. I mean, you get your grand strategy anyway. The Flagellants have the the uh, their own battle tactic now, where as long as they're within six inches of a point, right. you get your battle tactic. And I think that's kind of setting it up towards the new Dawnbringer stuff, because Flagellants are a big thing. You know, this part, part of the lore is that they, they whip themselves with a cat nine tail, just like, you know, Obviously, there's a lot of Christian mythology there, but their blood soaks into the ground, cleanses of chaos because they're pure Sigmarite zealots. So I think they're kind of going in that direction, make a new base, make a new city, beachhead up, make a castle it in, cleanse the land, keep building out. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and, you know, the walls against the darkness. And there's the tie into the awesome lore that we just touched on. But I, I think as gameplay goes right now with 3.0, I think the heroic actions are really going to be great for Cities of Sigmar players. You know, you, you can be very CP hungry, so I think the ability to grant your heroes a free CP each turn with uh, with, with with their abilities can be very clutch in some in some you know instances of the game. Oh, with, with Hammer Hall, it's ridiculous. Oh, you got heroic a banner, recovery roll for yeah. each yeah roll for each banner and <laughs> get a CP point. Yeah, as long, I think as long as you get a maybe it's a five or a six or a five up, you get a CP point for each banner. You know what I mean? So it, what the, what one of the things I like about I mean the horde the horde armies were cool before and it's obviously a huge advantage in cities, but even with 3.0 by dropping to minimum unit sizes, right? In a lot of in a lot of cases, it's actually better off for you. So and that's not not to detract from cities, but that, that's one of the things I noticed when putting together my ideas for my Beast of Chaos is you're a lot better off running into smaller waves, very similar to Roman-style battle tactics, you know, just small waves, small waves, small waves, grind down your enemy until you can build up into it. Sure. And it's the same is true for a lot of the city stuff, depending on which army you run in which city. Sure. Hammer Hall is usually better for that. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, and I think I think the new the, the new command traits. I, I think, as a side note, I think they really help some units shine well. I mean, you kind of reminded me that when you were talking about certain units and running them in MSUs. I think the command traits really help them. I mean, all out attack and all out defense 
are, are I think, really, really fit very well with Cities of Sigmar. I think it benefits them, especially when a lot of your units are five plus and six plus saves. I think I think you have that. And, you know, it's funny. I, I play a lot against Cities of Sigmar. I wouldn't say that I'm a Cities of Sigmar player. I played the army once, uh, but I played a lot against it quite a bit. And I think I think the army now correct me if I'm wrong on this, because I think that the how am I how do I want to say this? I think the army itself can use certain uh, ways to buff themselves. Many of the city's infantry is, is about mass, right? Like you were talking about. This is what I'm trying to get back to as far as the horde versus the, 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 the MSU. They're about mass units. So you really feel it when that plus one to hit comes out with, you know, say 40 shots of your crossbows or plus one defense in your Phoenix guard who already have a four plus ward save. I think you're, you're also one of the best, you know, at, at, you know, unleashing hell. Let's put it this. I mean, people have been talking about the crossbows for a long time at that. So I, you know, you, you don't have to play all ranged. That's, that's another thing about your army. You don't have to go one side heavy, but you'd be missing out on, on some of the, the best range units in the game, in my opinion, when you look at City of Sigmar. So I, I guess in short, what I'm trying to mumble over and try to make my point here is that, you know, you got all the tools added to your toolbox that you really wanted in an army. You, you follow what I mean? And I think you're going to be able so, to yeah, use them. One of the things I haven't seen a lot, and, and a lot of it boils down to people using crap terrain and I, I don't mean that insincerely it's a lot of people it's just it's not something they ever think about sure. especially like when you see battle reports online with games going on the terrain plays no role in the game which to me makes it, it takes it detracts a little bit from the game right because like if you're playing especially like with cities i built a ton of city style terrain you can't see over it you can't see around it so now you got to leapfrog around just like a real like a real battle when I build these little mountain terrain things, I make it to where you got archways and stuff where guys can run under and hide. And you can kind of, when you're playing the sight game, especially with bigger monsters or with the other person has some kind of artillery or behemoth, you know, where they can't actually wedge themselves through and you can kind of move and maneuver your guys around and be very tricky with it to give you an advantage against monsters. So they got a choice then. They can either smash the terrain or they can move around it. So you can play a lot more creatively. That's same same thing like you were saying. With gunmen, what's cool about it is you can move them right up on something, garrison them in. They haven't moved then, let's say, for whatever it may be. They can shoot, and a lot of people forget about this. They got a 360 line of sight then. Oh, yeah. That, so with there, gunmen, there I think you, you only got right. a 16-inch yeah, range. Of the skirmish. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah. Right. Well, what's cool, too, then, is they got a 5-inch move, but with garrison rules, when they pop out, they can pop out a maximum of 6 inches. Think about it like this. You you, you garrison iron drakes. What do they got? Three, four inch move. If they garrison in, garrison out the next turn, they can legally garrison out six inches. Yeah. That's wild. No, it, but people it's, don't, it's people, awesome. you don't see any of that. That's why I think with a lot of the terrain is in my opinion, that's something that GW should kind of work on. Fix it. Like give more incentive to use better terrain. It just makes the game a lot more fun. Uh, I, think, I think, I think they do that in 40 K. I think they, they do that in 40 K. You have hard cover, soft cover, you know, stuff like that. We have advantages to being shot. Like for me, one of the things I noticed when I was uh, playing, when I when I was playing as Nighthawk, when I was uh, able to borrow an army from a friend, the like uh, where you get plus one to save, the when you're what is it called when you're in cover. So when you have the majority of units within an inch of the terrain or on the terrain, so on and so forth, it actually should be minus one to hit, in my opinion. It's not that they should be able to save themselves better. That I it's agree that with. That yeah, yeah. Fire I, coming in should be minus one to hit. Yeah, I, I think you should be you're minus one. The one shooting at them. Right. right, you're the one shooting at them. It should be minus one to hit, and then if they get plus one to save, that'll equal out some of the shooting meta. Don't do that right now, GW. That's the whole point of my army. But uh, <laughs> yeah, don't listen so, now. Yeah, don't listen to me. I'm just trying to screw myself here. But um, <laughs> to me, and again, that would add a different dynamic to the game, especially like I said, with all the terrain that I built. You have bigger terrain, 
And yeah. so it, it I, I get it. We're in the land of uh, monsters and beasts and stuff right now. We're out in Gur. It's supposed to be more like plains kind of things. Right. But at the same time, you got big craggy mountains. You got giant trees. You got lush forests. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can do that just uh, terrain wise, that just adds a whole different specter to the game that makes it more fun, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think terrain is a big part of the game. I mean, you know, very often, you know, you don't want to, you know, battles really weren't, I mean, you want to, you don't want to fight on an open battlefield, you know, um, and I, I agree with you 100%. I think they need to do a little bit more to emphasize the, the value of terrain in the game, uh, and I'd like to see them go to more of a negative one uh, in cover. In de- well, actually, maybe, maybe two, depending on the cover, you know, but again, uh, you got to be careful with that too, because you'd be getting into rules bloat there too. So I kind of like where the game is at right that, now. That's what I mean. There's very simple minus one to hit because then they still can only give them their plus one save. You know what I mean? I would, I'd rather see it like that where you, you take the risk, say, all right, well, I want to give them all out defense. Right. You know, now they're in cover, shields are up, whatever the case, they're ducking around, whatever the case may be. It's hard for you to hit them. And now they're really looking for it. You burn a command point. Right. Because that makes a huge difference. I'd rather see it where you have to burn the command point. And you get minus one to hit because now, again, tactically, you got to make way different decisions. Yeah, true. And, and you know, speaking of tactics and speaking of, of the army itself and, and some of the things that they do, I, I think we, we'd be remiss if we didn't really talk about synergies. And I, and I know, folks, we're going to be getting into his list here in a minute. But I want to talk about the most important piece of a, of, of a City of the Sigmar army. And I believe that that's the synergies that the army has. I would say that probably next to maybe Skaven, uh, I don't know that there's any other army that synergizes better than City of Sigmar. And you know, and again, I, I'm kind of talking a little bit here with a with a with a with a broad stroke here. But we we can we can talk about the army itself in terms of factions. But mo- when most of your army is mass infantry, you kind of need those synergies, and you win by numbers. And many of your units have some great unit abilities, uh, but subpar stats. Like I, I basically just said before, like five plus or six plus saves. And I think they often uh, will will not be very effective on their own. And essentially collapse or or get destroyed uh, if they're fo- if if they're focused on with attacks, and I think that's why you need those synergies. And I think that's really the strength of 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 the army. I've seen a lot of new City of Sigmar players kind of lose that that understanding of synergies. But boy, the minute they they grasp it, they're a pretty dangerous player. Well, that you, yeah, you see that a lot. They look they look at what is the best units in Cities of Sigmar. And they're like I'm going to grab this, this, and that, and throw it all together. Kind of works, kind of doesn't. You might have some fun with it. I'm I'm dying to run some gyrocopters, figure out a way to make them work just better. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Like I... when they gave Soaring Guardian, when they gave Soaring Guardian to the uh, Free Guild General Griffin, that was a great ability. Now, it, be, it before it was a point dump. Just throw it in the bin, don't use it, worthless. Soaring Guardian, great. Anywhere on the board on a two up, I'm going to go steal your point. I'm going to suicide him in sometimes. I got a whole new battle tactic now. I've done it. I've won games with it. I've stolen points. With the free guild general on the Griffin, because I have had you kill him, and then after that, sometimes, like, like I said, I usually try to block up great swords and gunmen behind the great. That's usually what I use for a flank. Sure, you got a Griffin, great swords, gunmen, because the gunmen I can garrison. They got a better range of view. If you charge them, they get the free unleash hell. Right, if I remember correctly, which I do believe so. They do. They can unleash hell for free if you charge them. They're garrison. They get their plus one to save. Technically, as it stands right now, and then. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah. Then I have the uh, great swords kind of just walk it up behind the griffin. And everybody's terrified of great swords, and rightfully so. They can smither. I mean, they're a little, they're a little, what's the uh, fluffy? They're a little fluffy. They kind of right. pop if you get the charge on them. But if they get the charge in, oh, man, are they nasty. Yeah. Especially they're, they're, when they're by the griffin in general. They can be they a little plus one to hit. They can be a little glass cannon. Or a plus one to wound. Yeah. 
but I think I think that's really the the, the basis of what you described with the army. I mean, cities of Sigmar is for the most part, uh, uh, what's the word, Bill? A castle. It's a castle type of a, a type of an army. That no, place. It's, it's a turtle. It's a turtle army through and through. You got to turtle your guys together. Yeah. You got to lash out. Yeah. You just I mean, snap off pieces of the enemy. Let them bounce off the rest of your shell. Keep him at bay. Snap pieces of his army. It's a divide and conquer kind of deal. You're absolutely right. I, I think your core heroes and and you know some of your as you put it your softer range guys you know your 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 fluffy guys are in the center while your tougher guys go on the outside. I.e. you know your your dudes carrying the big swords. I, I think I think the the really thing here going tying into that play style and then the synergies we're talking about. I think the heroes can keep the units buffed while remaining safely guarded is what I'm trying to say. It's probably the truest form of that type of, like you said, a turtle in that army. But I think, I think it's, it's people that can understand that synergy and be able to build you lists to that and be able to play to that while still, you know, capturing objectives and doing all those other things. I think that's really where the secret to a good cities player uh, comes in. Now, was it, was that tough for you to manage as far as a cities player when you first got into that army? Were those synergies kind of hard for you? Because I've seen you play now and you play very well. But I, I imagine you didn't start out that way. Oh, thank you for the kind words. But um, it was very hard. <laughs> That's one of the problems with having a lot of options is obviously you don't know where to start. So I, I, I just went to what I normally do is like, hey, I like magic. So I did what well, reading through the lore, Hallow Hearts, the magic city. All right, I'm in. Right. You know, so I started to build around that. I played around with Hammerhall a little bit, and Hammerhall's a lot of fun. But it's a different play style than I usually like. Sure. Okay. So with Hammerhall, it's uh, it, with Hammerhall you can get really screwed depending on the what is it uh, the objective game because the, the, just depending on deployment zones. Like for one of the big advantages, if you're on the enemy territory, you get to attack twice in some cases for a command point. But if they've got a nine inch territory back here and you've got a nine inch one here and it's all no man's land in the center, that doesn't do any good. If it's split down the center, way better. Sure. So with Hallowheart, you usually don't run into that kind of stuff. And having the five board against magic, it's great. Right. But uh, with some of the other cities, like Living Cities, which is what's cool about it is the, the Hidden Pass, where you could deep strike in in the back. And the nice thing about having the coalition units, too, is you can deep strike with anything. And that, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's, yeah, it doesn't yeah. just have to be Shadow Warriors. If sure. you want to deep well, strike with dragons, you can yeah. deep strike with dragons or fulminators, fulminators or whatever. Yeah. See, I mean, you know. you know, uh, Throw a Hydra in there. Why not? Have fun with it. Yeah. You know what? We, we, we got a guy in our club that plays three of them damn things. I think it's three or two of them or three of them. I can't remember what it is. It's, it's a no, Hydra def- bomb. If I remember correctly, he's definitely got three. Yeah. 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 He's, kind, he plays, of a, he's uh, kind of a lunatic. Bar- Bartholos. Yeah. yeah. But we, yeah, we're, no, we're a, crazy about him. He's an awesome guy, but he's bona fide lunatic. Beautifully painted army. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's absolutely right. Uh, but speaking of awesome armies, man, let's get into this, man. We got some lists here to discuss, and we're, we're going to be looking at your first, well, actually, your, 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 your heroes of your first list. So let's go ahead and get this thing going. So this is your, uh, this is your hallow heart. Uh, your grand strategy here is prize sorcery. And uh, your leaders, you got a battle mage, you got a celestial hurricaneum uh, with a celestial battle mage on it, a free guild general on a griffin, a luminarca heish, with a white battle mage, a cogsmith, and the ever famous and popular, you know him, you love him, steam tank with a commander. So let's uh, let's start with the heroes, man. Kind of walk us through. Uh, let's start from the top, man. Give us. Uh, oh, actually, let me let me kind of back up because this is what I want to talk about here, folks. I'm getting ahead of myself because this list is really freaking cool. And Bill, I got I got to ask you this: What went into yes, this list building process with this list? Did 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 it did it spring fully formed or or you know? Did you have to really kind of dig into this a little bit? How did you get to this point with this list? Because we're going to get into the uniqueness about it that maybe people aren't picking up on right now. 
So, like I said, my first box that I bought of actual Age of Sigmar was uh, Soul Wars. So I've got Sequiturs, I've got Judicators, I've got the, uh, you know, some of the uh, Stormcast Wizards. And uh, I used to mix those in. I kind of played around with Hammerhall a little bit. It was a lot of trial and error. But what I really liked about the Hallowheart, uh, or Hallowheart City in general was with Cities of Sigmar, there's no wards. But at least in Hallowheart, you get a five-up ward for all magic. So at least there's that. So my sure. thought was, that, all right, if I can stay far enough back and just kind of, you know, row up very slowly, similar to a rolling battle line, you know, from early World Wars in uh, real history. Yeah. You have a tank roll forward. You got guys walking behind it. Then they scatter out. They hold the objectives. They shoot down range. It's kind of like that with Hallowheart. Right. With magic. Probably had some guns. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? I, I... But. Um, Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go, but please continue. I cut you off. I was just saying that that, that what, what I what I really thought was interesting about you know the your army build, and I, I kind of want to back up and start here because I'm going to be the guy that's gonna that's gonna ruin this thing here. Is you know talk to talk to us a little bit more about Hallowheart and how you how you chose that as your city and why that plays well for your for your play style. I I love the magic of Hallowheart. The big advantage is you've got the ward for all magic, and each wizard gets two spells and Hallowheart has some nasty spells now the oh, what is it called eldritch attunement or sorry no channeling made for channeling where you can actually channel magic through one of your wizards and then it adds the plus casting to all other wizards now most people see that as a downfall in Hallowheart, sure because like for instance let's say i want to channel through the hurricanum and i roll a d6 great plus d6 to casting all the way around but it takes six mortal wounds so that's one of the pitfalls of magic you give and you take but there's loopholes with everything, as is there with magic. So one of the things I came to realize is, all right, if you put an arcane tome, which is what's cool about the universal artifacts, on a steam tank, he's now a wizard. And legally speaking, all wizards, get the you can channel through a wizard. So I channel through the wizard, which is often my steam tank. And since I, was, I used to do it with the Huracanum or the Illuminarch, and again, that's it's cool. You can sear wounds. You can sometimes make it work, but not always. But what's cool about the tank is he has an ability called I'll fix it, sir. So you roll D3 to feel so many wounds. And now I always keep a nice little happy cogsmith behind him because right. you can repair any Iron World Arsenal. Guess what a tank is? Iron World Arsenal. Right. So a lot of times what happens with the Arcane Tome, at least nobody's called me out on it yet. <laughs> it might come back from GW like, he can't do that. But I haven't seen anybody do it yet, and I haven't had anybody call out on it. So now the tank is a wizard. You can channel through the tank. So let's say I roll a D6. My, uh, with my Battle Mage from Shaman gets plus six to cast, as does my Luminarch with, with White Wizard, as does my uh, Huracanum. You can't mess, you, you can't lose, unless you roll Snake Eyes, which I did in the last tournament a lot. You can't really mess up a spell then. You're talking you can get a 17, 18, 19 to cast. Ridiculous stuff. Plus, right. you got to remember, cities, anything around the Huracan, plus one to cast, empowered in with spells. I mean, I, if it goes off right, I don't miss anything. Even if you get a one or a two, not a big deal. Sure. It's still plus one, plus two, plus three to cast. That's still huge. So, it, like I said, especially sometimes I used to run a spell port. I don't anymore. It just doesn't come up often enough. Sure. You can only cast one spell through it anyway. But uh, so then, I'll like I said, the tank is, will channel all the magic from Hallowheart as the casting all the way around. They all get to cast two spells, tank included now, because it's a Hallowheart wizard, technically. It doesn't get the plus to the casting, 
but every the, the big ones, the Luminarch, the Battle Mage, and the Huracanum get the plus to casting. So you can't fail your cast. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Like and, literally, literally Zinge can't Zinge can't even mess you up unless you throw a one and they do that. They cheat the Destiny dice and make you have a uh, Snake Eyes. That's the only way you could screw that up. So the tank heals adds all this casting because one of the problems I have with the tank and why I stopped using it for a while was you miss the cannonball all the time. You miss the repeater handgun. You miss the long rifle. It has a two up save, which is great. You know, it's great against Rend in the, in the modern era. So how do you utilize it? So I figured out, I'm like, all right, if you throw the arcane tome on it, you channel, you put the tank in front like a bulkhead. You run your Luminarch and your uh, Huracanum behind it. You hide your mage in there and you hide your cogsmith in there to where they can still shoot and get magic off. Sure. You have a nice rolling fortification that just slowly moves up and you can fling out an absolute ton of mortals. Yeah. And I got to be honest with you. I think that's the little innate thing that you do with this list that a lot of people aren't going to pick up on, you know, and, and that's why I want to bring up to you. That's well, like creativity in the game. And, games. Well, that's I think I also too is experience too. I, I think obviously this is, this is not just creativity. It's, it's a creativity through experience because I think, I think it's interesting that you took this direction with, with the, with the steam tank as, as your commander, because uh, I, I like the build and this type of list isn't, isn't very common is why I want to bring this up. I mean, you got the arcane tome on, on this thing. That's an interesting pick. But I want to ask you something about this because it looks like the the, the command ability, the um, uh, the target sighted command ability for for the steam tank is is this? Can you stack this with the hurricaneum, the the, the portents of battle? Because I know I know the hurricaneum you get plus one to hit. Can you can you stack that with this? Somewhere I thought I you was could. always I was always under the assumption you can only add one to attack ever for any reason. So I didn't think you could stack it, but if you can. Then, then this list got real nasty. <laughs> somewhere <laughs> you can some, do that. Yeah, because somewhere I heard, I, th- I think if I there's heard. There's an FAQ on it. Now I'm going to go look. I didn't think you could do it, but if you're saying there's the possibility, well, then hey. Yeah, you know, so, something, I mean, folks, let yeah. me know if I'm wrong on that one because I, I thought there was. Because, it, you know, and let me go back to the, the Celestial Hurricane here real quick because it, it, it it's an interesting choice for your general. I, I want to say that. Because, uh, you know, I, but I can get, I can, I'm totally, I can get behind what you're doing because I understand it now. But when I first looked at this, I was like, huh, that's kind of crazy because you got the Locus of Azir. Obviously that's your, your plus one to cast for friendly wizards within or holy within, I think it is what, 12 inches or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But this is what I'm referring to. I, I somewhere, I think if, if, if you take the portents of battle, I, I think you can stack this with the steam tank uh, command ability, the, 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 the target sighted. I don't quote yeah. me on that. But I'm going to, I'm going to, sure. I'm going to check into it because if you can that, do that, interesting. that just vaults everything up. And then of course you got the old laser cannon itself, the old laser beam or the luminarc. And I think that aura protection oh, too. The, the luminarc is great, especially when you got to play against somebody like Aideneth. Wow. Because they're like, you can't shoot. Oh yes, I can. I think yeah. a point. And that's part of the reason why I was thinking about running the, uh, I think it's called adjudicator. Yeah. Adjudicator. Maybe. I think with the uh, stormcast where they pick up in the first round, they pick a point yep. somewhere on the board and then within six inches, so much damage. But uh, I like, I like the way my list is. I, like I said, I did win a game, get his Ideneth, but uh, he crashed in with Voltan at the end of the game. I, yeah. I thought he, I thought he turned it, turned the tides on me quite literally because <laughs> <laughs> he about took out everything. He's like, I got 36 attacks. I was like, I'm fucked. Sorry. No swearing on here. I said, I'm screwed. He, he spells <laughs> it. He spells it with a PH guys. P H U C K. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, no. pH uh, fat, whatever the case may be. I'm all that. Yeah. P is in pneumonia. Um, no, right, I, right. I guess my whole my, my thing with that, going back to the Luminarch, I mean, I could see where you got this build. And again, folks, synergy. Here we are. So we always talk about on the show here too: reach, rend, and ward save. And you know, you're giving your units a six plus ward save. You know, a lot of times I'm hot and cold on the six plus ward save. But in this type of list, 
I think you got it. You got to take it where you can get the, it. You know. So with the the veteran of the Blazing Sun Crusader thing, within that eighteen inch bubble, no battle shock. That's part of the reason why I ran it on the uh, Huracanum. Sure. Was because I need the Huracanum alive. I always stick the crossbows right next to them. They never move the entire game. At twenty four inches, you can reach out and touch whatever you want for the most part. Sure. Sure. And you're talking forty one shots. So when you cast ignite weapons, not flaming weapon. Hallow Heart Ignite Weapons, it's plus one to wound. They got plus one to hit next to the Huracanum. Why would you ever move it? Yeah. So they can shoot 24 inches, and they're hitting on threes and twos. That's nasty. I don't, I, no rend. doesn't matter. You're playing a numbers game. And so now what's cool about having the Battle Mage from uh, Shaman with Transmutation of Lead, let's say you got a big guy right there. You got a dragon. You got something that's going to be really nasty if it gets close to me. Sure. I and oftentimes, I get a plus six to cast. It's just how it works. No, and again, that used to be really detrimental on the on the. But I was using the Huracanum for it because it, I'd basically blow up my own Huracanum all the time or my Luminar. <laughs> right, right. But uh, which was okay with the Luminar because at least you got a six up ward save. So I'm going to deal the damage. At least maybe I can you know negate some of it. But so if they got a two, three, or four up save, you get to reroll your ones. So not only can you shoot with the Huracanum, you know, on a two up, you're hitting them with D three damage each. You got 41 shots from the crossbows and you're re-rolling once. You, you're getting at least another four to five hits out of that. Right. And then they got to roll all those saves. So it's just a numbers game. Let's say a, 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 an average shot for me with the crossbows totally decked out is around 26. Okay. 26 hits. And you got to roll 26 saves. What about, what? oh, so your wounds, your 26 wounds. Oh, yeah. 26 wounds. Okay. Like I said, no, those aren't the mortals, but through the crossbows, I average between 20 and 26. Now, I have missed all of them. I made one shot one game. We were playing a power plant game and uh, shot 41 shots, made one. It was like that scene from Lord of the Rings with the one crossbar, the one the, the uh, one eye, the one eye. Kills yeah. one orc. It was like that. It was quite literally like that. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. got made fun of for a while for that one. So I have missed 40 shots before, but on average, I usually do make between 20 and 26. Well, feel so fortunate enough that you don't roll so, as bad as our, our guy Dustin in our club. That, that guy rolls either extremely well or extremely terrible. He's never in the middle. He never rolls okay. It's either incredible. He can roll 10 dice, all sixes. The next roll, 10 dice, all ones. That's the way. So, you, so, want, you want someone to do you dirty? Use Griffin's pumpkin dice. That's doing somebody <laughs> dirty. I, he let me. I, I got to play as his Nighthawk once, and he gave me the pumpkin dice, and I rolled five pumpkins with Kurdos, all ones. I was like, throw these out. But you know what? And again, to an advantage. You throw a lot of ones with those dice all the time. Whenever you got to make a bravery, throw a pumpkin dice. Your chances are you're going to get a pumpkin. It's way better. I got to be and honest again. With that's you. what I mean by creativity. If you're throwing, if you're throwing dice and you notice that, hey, this one's throwing more fives and sixes. This one's throwing ones. Put them in different piles. Memorize them. Mark them. Do what you got to do. Right. You bought them legally. You didn't do anything to them. No. Know your dice. Yep. Yep. And it's a dice game. And so let's go back. I don't think we brought this guy up. We got the free guild general on a Griffin. He's your next hero on here. And he's a great 13 wound distraction for your battle mage on a Hurricaneum. I, I think that's uh, that's what, what we got here. And and he's a beat stick in combat. I always play him on an opposite I always play him on an opposite flank because he still can fling out a lot of damage. The Griffin does way more damage than the actual rider. Well, always. Every because rider does. The horses uh, do more. Oh yeah, always. And then yeah. like I like I said, because then usually behind that, like like a rolling tank. I've got the great swords right behind him, and then I've got the gunmen I set up somewhere where they're just popping off shots. Right, right. So the nice thing about the Griffin is because he's a free guild hero or free guild jet or yeah, a free guild hero, he has plus one to the wound on the uh, great swords. Oh yeah. So you can get them to where they're also hitting on, I believe, threes and twos, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And then they've got exploding sixes, double attack. So even though I only run a unit of ten, 
you got to remember they're 25 millimeter bases, so they can effectively fight as two rows. So you're each round, you're getting 20, you're throwing 20 dice whenever you get a full good charging on something to back up the griffin. And then you have exploding sixes. So you're throwing 20 dice for 10 guys, exploding sixes. If you get that off one time, great. And one rend, which is nice. Yeah. And yeah. Exploding sixes are in addition to. So even if you only get 10 of them, but you roll four or five sixes, that's you know, four to five, six, four, five, six mortals. Right. Plus 10 at minus one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's, that's the a other big deal. Well, the other thing, I, I don't know if you mentioned it, but his uh, his, his War Scroll ability, the um, uh, one where he does the, the, the not a four plus, he does a D3 mortal wounds to enemies that are in like an inch or three inches or something like that of them. Like, yeah, that's which... a, uh, yeah, within, pa- I think Paul it's a living flame artifact. or whatever it is or something like that. Yeah, or yeah, yeah that's an artifact from uh, Hallowheart. So yeah. not only can he do his monstrous action, then you also get that. That's what So just is. by him flying and stomping, he gets to do the, he gets to do it twice. So he, the... Monsters action is a little bit better. I think it's a three up for the stomp. It does D three, but at least with the pauldron flame, you can still on a four up possibly do another D three. Right, right. And, but you're and averaging then, at least between two and four. I mean, which is still uh, big. Yeah, I, I would say I would agree with that. Difference. I would agree with that between two and four. I would say that that's that's probably pretty accurate. I mean, and, and like I said, I th- I think your army is the, the heroes. We're going to get into the troops here in a second. I think it's got a lot of good play to it, and I really like the battle mage. I mean, I love cheap wizards. You know, the Shaman and the Beastman army. You know, the Battle Mage here, what is he, 105 yeah, points the, or something the, like that? The, the Bra Shaman is, got, is still, in my opinion, the best wizard well, in the game right cheap now. cheap wizards are the best. And, and I'll say this, you know, take your Battle Mage here. You know, he's, he's, he's cheap, and he's gained some versatility, I think, in the game with being able to use all the Realm spells where they were really just kind of kicked out and abolished in 3.0. I mean, your army has some very good spell casting, especially with, with Hallowheart. But it, it's it's a staple for any of your sub-factions. You can take this guy. I think you took, what, Laura Light on him in this list. Am I correct on that? Yeah. No, no. I used nope. uh, Shaman. So okay, the, that's uh, what it was. Okay. What is it? The Lore, gotcha. Lore of Metal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, he, the, how do you use... I mean, he's he's your he's your six-plus save, little battle mage here. How? So, where does he fit into this? Because everyone everyone seems to have a place, even the Cogsmith. What is, what's your Battlesmith doing in the list? So they, like I said, usually I will turtle or like they like to say, your castle up the tank. You have the cocksmith behind the tank to help just add gunfire for the tank, heal the tank. You have the little battle mage. Then you have the luminarch on one side. Then you have the hurricane on the other. And the little battle mage, because of that transmutation of lead spell, a lot of people don't realize that's nasty. So usually what I try to do is I'll put that big rolling block right across from your big hero. Because you're usually, with most people's big hero, they think, I'm going to run right in and crash stuff. Knock yourself out. One of the cool things that I do with my army is usually on that wizard, I then I mix it up once in a while. I'll put Searing Wounds and then Warding Brand into his spells. I'll kind of mix them around. And the reason for that being is, with the transmutation of lead, I cast it on their big hero. I got a, again, through the tank, I got a nasty addition to my um, casting. If it goes off, it halves your hero's movement, and anytime I shoot or attack it with anything, if he's got a two, three, or four up save, I reroll all once. So if I'm shooting wow. 41 shots from the crossbow, I reroll once. If I'm shooting the Huracanum, I reroll once. If I'm attacking, I reroll once. It's a huge, it's a huge that's deal. That's huge. Yeah. That's right. And that you never see people use that wizard. I don't know why. That spell is so disgusting with any shooting you have. Oh, you're re-rolling once. Yeah. So I, I only use a block of twenty. Imagine if you had thirty. 
Well, put I, Phoenix guard. Put Phoenix guard up there with a four up save. Put a block of crossbows behind him with that. <laughs> That's disgusting. Yeah, it is. But I, I think you know, when you talk about you know why don't people use him? I think he's usually one of the last or or you know a fit in piece. And when I, first thing I noticed when I looked at your list was you've got one, two, three, four, five, six heroes in a 2000 point list. A lot of people would look at that. Like I did when I first, when I first looked at your list, and went, Oh my gosh, that's a lot of heroes, but they all work. Like they I synergize I, real nice. Cause again, yeah. if the Griffin has to hide out or he has to soar away, one of those heroes has searing wounds on him. So if I want a heroic recovery on the Griffin and it doesn't work, I can sear wounds at least in, within one, two turns. I'm still a threat because people know that guy's got a. I mean, obviously when he gets charted, it's a lot less, but even when he's charted at the minimum, I think he still moved nine inches. Right. So since he can have, since he's got the D three and the four up on the charge, when he hits you, that's still a big threat. Even if the Griffin can't deal as much damage, mm-hmm. just on the charge, you could about take somebody out. And yeah. so if he flies back through Sowing Guardian, if I don't steal a point, I just bring him back within that range where he's still bubbling, to you know enhance my great swords and right. enhance the other guys over here because he's still a free guild hero. Sure. Way way big deal, especially if I can heal him. Right. And that's part of the reason having the little wizard. He he. Very important. Plus, he's also the general's adjunct. So, because he sits right next to the Huracanum pretty much at all times on that four up, I get another command point. <laughs> Synergies, just like we've been talking about. And and you got to got to squeeze everything you can out of City of Sigmar. But when you do, oh my God, can it be nasty? I, I got you know what, and 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 it's proving it. Like I said, it, it's 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 it, it's a top army since 2019. And I think in the Cities of Sigmar list, I think Free Guild are really stellar in almost every way shape or form whether it's your pistoliers or crossbowmen your great swords uh your, your hand gunners i, I they, really want to i really want to come up with an army i want to buy some demi griff knights i want to buy some shadow warriors and just run a really nasty hammer hall army because again shadow warriors can deep strike on the war scroll which is right. cool yeah and if you garrison them in anything they get plus one to attack and wound i think something like that when they're yeah. shooting it's, it's something ridiculous yeah plus they get two attacks each well they're 20 points that's a nasty unit yeah yeah, and, and you know where where movement is such king, you you know you got them they 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 got their free movement at the beginning of the game. They 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 can they can make that free movement. Oh, yeah. It's a six inch move or seven inch move, whatever it is. I don't remember what it is now, but they got they got that free movement, which is which is huge. But I th- I think going back to the free guild here because your, your list is predominantly or all it, not predominantly it is it's all humans. You know what I your specialized thing you just talked about as far as using those lists is, is fantastic. But e- even if you use these guys to fill any gaps. You know, you you know, you feel you may have in your list. Um, they they tend to be above average for the faction, and they, they really work well uh, as as groups. Because I think that's where when when you look at this list here of your troops, you know, you've got one unit of ten flagellants, you've got one unit of twenty free guild crossbowmen, you've got two units of ten free guild guard, and ten or one unit of ten, I should say, free guild handgunners. I mean, that's a synergizing with your heroes the way that this army is going to be built that's a pretty effective list because as you were saying before you're going to use your great swords to what trail up behind the tank well and just to go back to the halberds what's goofy about them is a lot of people don't realize how dangerous they are in hallowheart for this reason warding brand is a horrendously horrific spell so what's cool about it is let's say you i, I got them up front Okay. Right, they're screening out because they got twenty-five millimeter bases. I can I can daisy chain them like you're not supposed to, but legally you can. Sure. With these guys, they got warding brand on them. You you let's say you swing in with Kragnos and you don't kill them all. 
you have to go through your entire attack sequence with whatever you attack them with. Right. So if you roll off 30 wounds, it doesn't matter if I've got one guy left, I throw 30 dice back. And on every four up, that's a mortal. Yeah. And yeah, so that's I've got true. two units of them to buffer like that. So I usually keep one to block out the crossbows in case they got some movement shenanigans. But I can always run them because I don't ever attack with them. I can always run them up, screen off again if you took out the first line, and you got to go through that whole process again. Right. While I'm sitting back there and just blasting away. Yeah, and, and and I think there's a lot of other innate things that they can do on their war scroll. And and stop me if I'm if I'm wrong on this, but I think they have that masked rank. I think they still have that, where you know, I, yeah, I know they got, I, they got masked ranks. Yeah. So I mean, you, you're you're adding one to hit rolls, and I think their hits are already pretty average, right? They're fours by fours, or or I think with the halibut, it's what fours by threes you're or fours the by ones. That, uh, yeah, or four by it's, fours. It's four by four. It's plus yeah. one with the hurricane nearby. So so if you got if you got more than ten of them yeah. in a unit or ten or more, it should say you know now now all of a sudden you're threes by threes, negative one damage one. You know, you got your one inch reach. The spears are two inch reaches if, if you have those, but I, I prefer the hal uh, the, the haliburts like you had them. That, that you end up better with the hal. Well, it's 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 a trade off because with the spearmen you get the plus one to save, so they can negate rend. Right. But like I said, I, I I specifically use them for warding brand. Sure. So and it's very rare that I don't get the spell off. Okay. All right. So the yeah. yeah so once it, when I'm just using them as chaff to deal damage back. If they get to attack, cool. If they don't get to attack, they serve their purpose. So flagellants, let's go back to those guys. You know, while they're up there whipping each other, are, are whipping? Are, are they pretty much just your screens? Are you, is that what you're using them for? So they have their one battle tactic, which, and again, it's if they're within six inches of a point, battle tactic achieved. You don't have to control the point. They have to be within six inches of the point. Battle tactic achieved. Okay. So it makes for an easy, like if you're going to, for instance, uh, depending on where I'm located, if I'm going to do the running battle tactic where three units run okay then after that it might be hey i'll use the in-house battle tactic for the flagellants or it might be because i got the griffin i will monstrously take over if you had the first turn and i know i can charge in and steal a point from you it just it, it allows more options for the battle tactics right there's just more tools in the toolbox so as so far you're using as achieving them. battle tactics okay so you're almost using them like an endless so spell. once they once they do yeah once they once they hit that point what's cool about them is they, they are straight up a glass cannon. Wow. So it's just one more unit to chew through, and you don't want to charge you because they can still, if they charge, they get an extra attack. If you kill one, they get an extra attack. If you kill more than two, they get an extra attack. You know, you could end up with like eight guys swinging four times each. Yeah. Not great attacks, but still. No, they're, they're like fives by fives it's or enough something to like where, that, as I seem to remember. Yeah, it, it's something ridiculous. And no safe. No safe. Yeah. Oh, that's but right. That's, that's right. Yeah. That's, but aren't they like base like two right. or three attacks? So they make, they make a something? great, cheap screen. Yeah. Yeah, they make a great cheap screen. You get the one battle tech to them, and if you do get to charge with them, bravo. Right, right, and I mean, I think the crossbow, the crossbowmen are self-explanatory. I mean, they're they're really the staple of, of many many lists. They're awesome. Um, but you know, what I thought was interesting is you got handgunners in your list. I haven't seen handgunners in a list in a while. So so you you got these old musketeers, you know, running around there with their with their uh, uh, their muskets. And you talk a little bit about those guys. How do you use, how do you use that one unit of ten? Are they just pot shotters? Is that all you're using them for? Right behind the great swords and right behind the griffin, and usually I try to garrison them as close by as possible if I can, just because they get that 360 view range then to okay. shoot anything. Okay. And uh, like I said, depending on if I'm sitting on a point and I'm in mid battle with them, they can at least take a couple of shots. You know, it's just that little bit more where you got something else that you may want to charge. So it offers it, it's it's kind of a, like a lure. They'll say, "Well, I, <laughs> these, these, these handguns, if they go off, great," you know, and then they'll end up charging the handguns like. Thank you. When they get unleashed health for free, <laughs> right. you take them out right on. Cool. I hope you use something good to charge them because you're going to get tagged with the great swords next. And nobody right. likes that. Right. 
Well, no, and, and but but so and that's something else. Do you find they make that... they make a good rear guard for the great swords? Okay, that's the great swords and the gunmen, but they can still cause a lot of damage on their own if they're allowed to sit one turn. Okay, they're hitting the threes and threes with one red. And that's where I was Plus going. The master with it. gun, right. and yeah, the master gun, and I don't use the long rifle. I use the repeater handgun. Okay, so he can get at least one or two extra shots. And that, that, to me, that's a big enough deal to make it worthwhile. Yeah. But, I mean, sometimes that, that, that's all you need. And, you know, what, what I love about the, uh, the great swords that you bring up is, is they're the old reliable, right? I mean, I, I think if I remember right, they got a 15 or they, they got a, uh, they, they got, um, uh, like a four plus save. The one thing you used to, be able to, run to look into is Graveguard are five points less, if I'm not mistaken. They got right. virtually identical abilities. That's ridiculous. Now, no, the dead you... should not be hitting better than the living. I don't um, care what they say. It's all magic. Fused with magic. Yeah, but but so we're so going back again, to I this. Do I do. I am going to play Nighthawk. I shouldn't. I'm, I can already <laughs> tell you, folks. I'm. I yeah. I'm really considering that army. I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna do it. What am I talking about? But anyway, back to City of Sigmar. So we got we got the great swords here. So can you run those? Are they just strict units of ten, or is a minimum unit of five? Are they? Can you run them in ten or tw- ten to twenty, or ten to fifteen? The the unit size is ten. Okay, that's okay. For some reason, I had I keep having five stuck in my brain. I don't know why, but. So I the, think that was fantasy. Fantasy fantasy had a lot of weird things like that, like six or eight. right, right. I remember that, but I, I thought you it was know, this way. In Sigmar, the, original, the original sprues were still in dozens because it made more sense for square bases. That's you know, true. Whether yeah. they were six by four or they were eight by three, whatever the case may be. So they had that weird six, twelve, twenty four. Right. So these guys are minimum unit of ten formations. I know that they're 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 threes by threes. They got a they got a great ability. Don't they have something like like killing blow? Uh, going back to the old term, it's 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 it's, uh, it's the, the it's swipe, chop the your head off or whatever. Or whatever yeah, the Swy Hander ability, basically. Yes. Okay, that's what it is. Okay, so that's they that's where they, they basically cut six, your head yeah, off. They right. explode. Yeah, exploding sixes in addition. So okay. for every six you get on the hit, it causes one mortal, and that's and that counts in addition to their hits. Okay, that, then that's what's really dangerous about them. So I mean, the way that you have the army now, the way that I, you've described it to us. I mean, I got to be honest with you. I love the list. I love the list because it's not in your face. But it's one of those things that I now. How often does this list? How often is it fool's gold to your opponent? They think, "Oh, I got this." And next thing you know, they're like, "I don't have this." They're right around. They're, they're coming up to the top of turn three, and they're going, "Wow, I'm in a little bit of trouble." Is this kind of a, a, a lull pro- your sleep type of list? The problem is we have so many good players in our club. You can't get away with anything. You can't lure anyone in the club into a sense of false entitlement. Like, "Oh, I got this, Gabe." No, you're gonna lose. Anytime I've seen anybody go in our club, they lose and they go, fire, you know, I, I knew I should have done that. Right. And then it, it rarely ever happens. There's no sneaking around. To the average person, let's say if this was a, a tournament outside there, if I do run this, for instance, in the Armed Forces Day, for people that don't hang out in our club, they might actually be like, oh, this is probably, it's a bunch of humans. You know, it's probably because he's poor. That's all he could afford to buy. You know, it's still fantasy stuff, which is also true. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but they, uh, it, uh, it's just a level of uniqueness because you're not prepared. Like even um, even when I played the Ideneth, we I had never played Ideneth before, and that was a lot of fun. Right. He wasn't, I, I think, just with the magic, if I remember what he said correctly. In turn two, I wiped 680 points off the board because all of the spells, roaming wildfire, azure lightning, once you hit the main target, everything around them, they out of four up, they also take D3. So it just kept popping off and popping off and popping off. And again, with the, with the mass casting, you can't stop it. Right. So he moved just close enough in range to where I, even though I couldn't shoot, I could still hit with some nasty magic. And that's what happened. Yeah. So it, that it's a lot of people don't realize with Hellheart, I get two spells a piece. 
And the tank is now a wizard, and the tank is a hollow heart wizard. So he also gets two spells. And the uh, the cyclone spell is basically you cast it, everything within twelve inches of you on a four up takes a mortal. You know, and it, I think it's per model or something. If I, I you know I gotta, I gotta look right now, I don't want to misquote that and look really stupid. No, I, I the, it, while you're doing that, I'm gonna say right now, I, I think I think that's the thing that my first take with it when I looked at the list, I really had to look at it and I had to go through and I do a lot of back check of the list because I thought. When I first saw it, I go, what the hell is this list? Okay, you got some big monsters in there, but I'm going to gain some extra points by killing them. And then you start to peel everything back, and you go, wow, that's not going to be quite as easy as I thought. And even if you were to kind of do some math hammering and you base everything off of three-plus saves as far as your opponent is concerned, you know, the army stands very well. And I think it's A, because of the synergies, B, because of the, the magic. And honestly, because if if that doesn't weaken your opponent down, you know, things like your mortal wound output that you're doing with this army, I think that's really where a lot of people aren't. You're not thinking about that. You're not thinking about that when you come across an army unit like this or an army like yeah, this. So and that's why I think the list the is tank, so brilliant. Yeah, with the tank having elemental cyclone, then what's cool is the tank has that ability called crushing wheels. Right. So assuming you get close within the charge, even it's got two ups to save already, which is nasty. So one of the cool abilities of the Luminarch is you can add that fast protection minus one to hit. Naturally, you can do all out defense or whatever the case may be on the tank. So you can sail the tank in charge crushing wheels and then the next turn he's probably still going to be around because it's a tank with the cyclone you pick an enemy unit probably the unit he charged into uh you if you make the casts out of four up for each model in the unit that's immortal so again this is a four up theme in the army it's a boarding brand it's four up on cyclone it's a four up but very similar to the griffin where the griffin now charges in and a three up and then also on a four up does d3 the tank once it charges in the initial attack does the D3 for the crushing wheels if it goes off, and then you still have the cyclone. So sure. if the cyclone magic goes off in the second one after your initial charge, then you can, again, for every model within 12 inches, you roll that many dice. On a four up, it does that much that many mortals. So there's still some punch in the army. It's not just straight magic or straight shooting. I can sail out if I have to, but that's not the objective. The objective is use the flank over here with the griffin, the longswords, the gunmen, move it around, have the, uh, what is it, the flagellants move around wherever I need them, just kind of, you know, teasing guys around, trying to lure them in, Right. use my halberds as the chaff guards, watch my flanks, and have the rest of the guys slowly move up and just blow stuff up. I love it. I love it. I mean, I, 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 I do. Honestly, Bill, I love the list. So let me ask you this. You got this list. You played some games with it. You're, you're a hell of a Cities of Sigmar player. Which opponents do you find you struggle with the most? Nurgle. Okay. All right. <laughs> so so oh talk so talk a little bit that, about the, that. I mean, that that disgusting resilience ward save. Uh, I'm sure most people struggle with it, but uh, my army's not fast. You know, it's 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 a rolling thunder approach. So sure. if you can ward save out all the morals that I do at a distance, my guys up front are just they're not they just they don't have the go power for that. Got it. Yeah. So now and again, if I get in there, if I get the charge off, I have to do the charge in waves just to make sure that I get the first attacks to try to deal with that nasty ward save. Okay. It, it's, it, it is just, it's disgusting resilience for a reason. It's disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, It is one of the ones I have the most trouble with every, every, it seems like everybody else that I play tactically it's at the end of the day, it's not the list. It's my fault. I moved oh, wrong. Sure. I gave a turn away. I took a turn beforehand. I didn't redeploy correctly. You know, I wasn't, the big thing is you gotta, I, I'm always trying to be creative with the way that I think about how I manage my turn where I'm trying to lure people in or have them, hold something or a castle up in a different point, And then I can kind of sail around. 
but it's usually not the list that fails. It's me as the player. Well, we always and say like that I on said, the show. That's what's really tough about our group because like, there's so many good people. As they can pretty much tell what you're going to do, and you're both sitting there playing chess. Not to call out another game, but it's 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 like that where you're sitting there going back and forth, back and forth, just trying to get within that right range, that sweet zone. You're waiting for the first guy to you know slip up. Yeah, and, and we, we talk about it all the time on the show. You know, a couple of things we always say is is you know is it the army or the general. You know, and, and a lot of times, you know, we, you get these people that go out and they buy this army, they open up the box that the, you know, the new models come in and they forget it doesn't come with a gamer. So I think oftentimes, you know, you have to be smart no matter what army you're playing. But some armies require a little bit more brain power. And with an army like, say, City of Sigmar, it's probably a lot like elves where, you know, you make one mistake, you pay for it twice. And I think that's where, you know, it's a very unforgiving army, which means you have to be even more on your on your game. But Nurgle is an interesting point. You know, I when I looked at your list, I, I always think to myself, what would give this list fits? And, you know, honestly, what I thought of was the new Daughters of Cain. You know, if, if you look at Daughters of Cain, especially if, you know, you're, you're somehow forced to go first. I haven't them. played Daughters of Cain yet, but looking at the way the gameplay is, where it's a run up, fling out everything, cause a ton. They, they don't have, I mean, they're, they're, it's a whole glass cannon army. Right. Right. And it's a dangerous glass cannon army. Sure. They can afford to lose people. But because their saves are so bad in the way, as long as I'm embedded and they don't get around my flanks, as long as I got one turn where they crash as a wave against my stuff, that magic ripples out. And because of how bad their saves are, that that's all I need. I need one turn of good magic and it's over. Well, if I get one turn of bad magic, the game's over for me no matter what. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd love, I'd but, love uh, to see your list in, against Daughter's Game. But, you know, the, the, Nurgle, the Nurgle matchup it would, probably would be a tough one. That's a great point. That's a great point. No, I, 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 I have lost every game against Nurgle thus far. That this, that's I, your, that's I, your I can't bane, figure huh? it out how to get around it. Right, yeah, right now that's that's where it is. But again, it's like he says to general. A yeah. lot of the players who yeah. play Nurgle, very good in our group. Just very talented guys, and it's really hard to pull anything fast on any of them. Right. Yeah. So let's let's move forward now. By the way, thank you very much for for being here with us and talking to us about your list and and really kind of giving us your perspective, which is very creative. Oh, thanks for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. But we're not done yet, man. We're not done. Just like just like that slap chop guy. But wait, there's more. So let's let's talk about this. You got you didn't got he your, go to prison? I think he no. Who's the guy that died? When did one that of was, them die? That was Billy, Billy, Billy Mays died. That's right. Billy that's Mays right. Is that's gone. right. Yeah. So maybe yeah, the other. Slap, slap chop guys in prison. Billy Mays is gone. Okay. Yeah, got it. Got, so got it. Billy got Mays it. Okay. Awesome. So uh, we can't do. Was that the who, who's he? We can't do this all day. Who is that guy? Is he still around? <laughs> You know, that, talking, that other guy, the guy, the guy with the face, he's got the two eyes. Right, right now, guy, every, yeah, every everybody, you know, that one guy about the time we talked about that stuff bar in that one place with those people, you know, that one, you know, that one. All right. So every, now everyone's completely turned the show off. All right. Let's 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 look towards the future. Now we got Dawnbringer. We got the Dawnbringer crusade that's coming up. And being that you, you, you play, uh, you know, cities of Sigmar, um, you know, and the list we viewed is mainly humans, you know, free guild and all that kind of stuff. What is your early thoughts on the new 3.0 Dawnbringers lore? Have you have you heard anything about it? You know, from this human redesign that they're going to be coming out with the Dawnbringers? Have so you heard about this? I so I, I believe it or not, I would actually harp back to the White Dwarf, the Beast of Chaos update because the lore in that was very interesting to me. Okay, so go. they were talking about actually where they were building a city, and that's how the a wandering traveler came in, and obviously it's a Beast of Chaos shaman. And he uh, was singing the tale to some of the daughters, and one of the guys started to turn. He started to turn into an Ungor. And the other people that hung around with him, some girls, started to turn into an Ungor. And they had to burn the houses down. So I think lore-wise, it seems like it's going to be the Dawnbringers. You're going to see a lot of flagellants. You're going to see a lot of hyper-zealotry from you know the church sense, kind of like in a, in a 40K realm. I, that's why I think, like I heard somebody talk a rumor engine about like some battle nuns. It makes sense. 
based on where they're going, you got the male flagellants, you'd have the nuns, you have to sanctify the ground before you can move on to it because of chaos taint. So it just makes sense that you're going to see some units probably with, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw another KO coalition style thing where they're helping sail in these giant places, set up new cities. I, I, I personally, I'd like to see another one of the order factions coalition in. Like there's part of the lore where the uh, Fire Slayers were helping this one city. You know, that'd be kind of cool if you could run from Fire Slayers. Yeah, they're mercenaries. That, that's really great. the case, yeah. You're right. Yeah, well, or, or coalition in, you know, where they were starting to work hand in hand. Right. You know, which is the cool thing about the synergy for Cities of Sigmar is that you can coalition in units in. They get the keywords. They get all the abilities of the city so that opens up a whole avenue of new things you can do. Right. Yeah. So, like, like I said, I love Settler's Gain. I like the tech, Broken Realms techless lore behind Settler's Gain. It was cool how you could coalition in Lumineth. It's not a good enough city to where you can use it more often. It'd be fun to play, but the problem is the Collegiate Arcane is the whole point of it, in my opinion, from the way that they, they, they write about it. But again, the spells are they're too aggressive-oriented from a close range that it doesn't make sense to use them. Right. So you have to use it in a different sense. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And it's funny when I, when I, when I was reading about the upcoming lore and some of the rumors with Dawnbringers, you know, I expect something kind of, kind of weird, but maybe potentially awesome as far as a combination of like the old empire look combined with some very like Bretonian kind of a noblehood, kind of what you and I were talking about the other day in, in prep for the show. I, I'd like to see heroes with squires and crusading horses. And I'd like to see knights come back and maybe some well, chivalry. See, that, that's, what's, that's what's cool about it too. Now they, you could literally say in the lore, they could say, Hey, look, we were working out to get this new city and we discovered this city that's just like Bretonia, you know, or whatever, whatever they want to call it, however right. they want to do it. And then all of a sudden now they can introduce a whole new army, whole new units, or they can bring back some favorites. Like, like I said, I, they, they, they go through a realm history, gate and they find a realm that's got all Bretonian in it. Itself, but it sure does rhyme. If they yeah. had some high elf dragons again and they had the dragon lancers and all that cool stuff. If they had so, you know, they find some dwarves that just dug deeper and locked the gates, you know, and the chaos couldn't get to them. There's a lot of cool ways that they could write it in where people went out to go establish a city and they discovered a long lost brethren, whatever right. the case may be. Right. And right. then they write a whole new lore for that city. I mean, it, like I, I know there's a lot of people like they don't want to see the old stuff come back, but I would love to see some of it from fantasy starting making a comeback. You know, and I'd be, I'd even be if it's new units, just because again, they're just there. There was so much cool stuff with fantasy, but the problem with fantasy was it took you longer to set up and break down than it did. The oh yeah, and, and in 45 minutes you so, set up, and then three seconds someone throws purple sun, and all your units are gone. Yeah, I remember those days. They yeah, or, or, or you know, you got an organ gun, you got an organ gun gun line, right? The, uh, the dwarves, right? And then you got, the cannons you got a flame gun i mean you got a flame cannon i just the the, the point of it being is if they brought flame cannon bring back the flame cannon i want to see the big drum i want to see the flames on it again i mean i still got long drums pirate slayers hilarious unit yeah i'd love to be able to proxy it in somewhere <laughs> <laughs> that that's you're going back seventh edition almost you're going back you're oh, going back way back yeah way back. but I, i'd like to see the lore come back in a certain way too I, i'd like to I, I like i said at the beginning of the show i'd, I'd like to see them take a deeper deep dive or a deeper look in in the, in the friction between the different groups and their you know religions their ideologies and i'd like to see them you know making some connections and, and overcoming odds in, in in spite of the issues that you know that are occurring between them i think that'd be kind of cool to kind of delve a little you know, bit more into that rumor engine wise i saw something about a seraphon it look it, it's clear as day is an aztec kind of spear it's got to be seraphon but a big thing with the dark elves was they were always stealing artifacts from the lizardmen sure. you know, obviously back in the old lore right so if you uh, harkaran is obviously the new city for the dark elves and you know he makes all that fun stuff in 
But if they had a new city similar to what was it? The uh, they they had what is it? They had a whole bunch in the old world. Either way, if you had a battle box, you know, maybe around Christmas where it was Seraphon versus Dark Elves, and Dark Elves had a bigger role. Right. And then you could obviously coalition in some of those units in the regular cities of Sigmar. It, it, the, the possibilities are endless when it comes to cities of Sigmar. That's why it's a great army to get into. That's why it's a lot of fun because anything that you want to do, you can figure out how to do it with them. And you can usually do it affordably because older models, cheaper models, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, something else to tie into, you know, like you're talking about, you know, the, the, the old Lord Dark Elves stealing from Seraphon. I'd like him to see them come back with maybe some non-human types, some non-order races like ogres and orcs that act like mercenaries, like like back in the old day when you had the 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 the, yeah. the, the halflings with the ogre, the moot ogres, and the, the, the yeah the yeah right guy, right yeah the halfling kind of the the pot guys you had the hat yeah. you had the halfling uh, yeah. crossbowmen stuff like the, that the, the, the hot the, the hot soup fin, catapult fin, that's what it was yeah yeah oh yeah yeah that was a great unit. Was it Fimir too? You know, they got the one eye. Oh uh, yeah, the Fimir guy. Yeah, that'd be yeah. yeah. I'd Oliver's love to see some of that get tied in. That'd be a can. great unit. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think there's a lot to look forward to, and I want to I want to try to squelch. And this is one man's opinion here, folks, but I want to squelch a lot of the things that you're, I'm seeing on the boards. Like, oh, they're going to squat, you know, uh, cities of Sigmar. They're going to get rid of them. No, they're not. And I don't think they're going to take the older Empire models that people have spent years building, painting, collecting, and just you know put them off into legends. I think what they're going to do is they're going to offer in a new version of humans. I think, like Bill was saying, you're probably going to get some battle nuns or something like that. But you know what? I think everyone needs to kind of simmer down. I think what GW has found here is I th- I think what happened was I think GW walked into what they thought was a bank robbery and it ended up being a birthday party because the cities of Sigmar has turned out since 2019 That's to really be. That's one of the say, yeah. one of the top armies in the game. They won LVO. They've been they've stood the test of time since 2019. I think everybody needs to calm down and go. This is an army that I think is going to evolve. I don't think it's going to. I don't think it's going to go. You know, be just be be extinct. I think it's going to evolve. And I think I think there's great things to come for this army. I really 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 do. That's my two cents in a tin can in this one. But, yeah, no, I I fully agree. There's a lot they can do with it, a lot of easy stuff they can do with it. Like I said, they can they can write new cities till the end of days. Like you said, they can discover a new realm gate. There's a lot they can do. Yeah. So, so and then, Bill, you know what? They they can they can mix in exotic races in that rate too. If they want to create a whole new humanoid monster, whatever the case may be, they can do that. Yeah, and as we saw here on the chats, we saw we saw Matt Griffin. You know, old Griff. You know, he he put up there that you know something about nobblers, and then he took it down. I think he's a little. You know, shy of knobblers. You know, Griff. You don't have to be shy of knobblers, man. They're 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 there for you. You look under your bed. I bet there's one there now. Just 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 throwing that out there. You know, was it was it the fact that Bill was talking about the pumpkins? That was it, wasn't it? it was the pumpkins that got you. Oh yes, right. pumpkins. Pumpkins will scare you away. <laughs> so here Speaking it is. Knobblers. That's why I got to stay out of Vegas. <laughs> so so Bill, here it is. We're wrapping up this topic here, and with Cities of Sigmar, it, what advice? would you give to say a newer player or somebody that's coming into the the army for the first time a seasoned player what advice would you give them if, if somebody was trying to get into cities of sigmar as as a new army or to get better at playing the army what advice would you give them you know what's funny is so many people post their games on youtube right now you can find out a lot of creative things that you want to do just from watching games on youtube and not only that you can look at some of the winning lists you can figure out what your play style is if you're a run up and smash if you're a sit and hold if you're a shoot and run whatever the case may be somebody out there online is discussing it and then pick the models you like the most for this play style you like and run with it you can still find success and if you're having a lot of trouble making your army run you can always coalition the guys in for cities so if you're like man i really like cities but i also like stormcast right there you go start a city's army bring some stormcast in oh but i really like sylvaneth awesome 
living cities. You can coalition in Sylvaneth. If you like those models, you like to paint them, you, the, the options are endless with Cities of Sigmar. And it allows you to get started into another army. Yeah. You could branch off. Yep. Yep. I love it. I love it. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Great topic today, man. Cities of Sigmar. Uh, Bill, you're an awesome guest, man. And, and it's been a lot of fun. You got to come back, would you? Oh, absolutely. All Having right. a lot of fun. You know, when we both get into Night Hunt, let's go do a Night Hunt one we, day. We are, we are definitely going to talk about that. And, you know, folks, be prepared for like a five-hour show where it's going to go. But, but Bill, <laughs> take, us, uh, t- take us out of this one, man. How about some closing thoughts? Uh, get into Cities of Sigmar, hands down. Find some guy who's just mad about the square bases, hasn't played since the uh, early thousands. Buy it on the cheap. Get into Cities of Sigmar. Make it happen. Jump in the game. It's a ton of fun. Make some friends. We'll see you guys down at the club. Come join us. Nice. Nice. Very, very cool. Well, that's, uh, you, you can't, you can't wrap it up any better than that, man. So, uh, Bill, thank you very much for being with us. And thanks for everyone else that's joining us here tonight on the show. And folks, until we meet up again, remember, roll them dice fun and fair. And don't be a freaking short pants. Good night, everyone. Right, thanks again. We'll catch up with you. Thank you. See, see you next week. Dark Live, we'd like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. We'll be back again real soon, so until then, roll them dice fun and fair, and don't be a freaking short pants. You can get your Grimdark Live fix on on our live show or catch us on our Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live coming to you each and every week. So stay tuned and stay grim while you dice-chucking, blue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing blue. Remember to embrace the main message here on Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other in this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimdarkLive.com, and don't forget to subscribe, follow, and recommend Grimdark Live to your friends. So long, Grimdark goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye. Hey, who are you calling a short pants? <laughs>